Today's chat is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com FFC. With over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, this is a great alternative for keeping up with the monthly Focus Fire book club. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 109 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November 16th, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for another evening. We're back in the farm this, this week. So thank you for joining us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who has, uh, who's been said to have the voice of a flower, but is also known as the, the what was it, Green? Is it the seer of the rat pack? Seer the rat, yeah, rat king. Rat seer king, the rat okay, king. okay. I just, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, a mem- he's a member of a rat pack, so Justin is back with us. Justin, how's your tech behaving tonight? Uh, my tech is... In in I'm not low tech. I'm mid tech, so I'm <laughs> I'm right in the middle there. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's behaving all right. I mean, once Bungie decides to give me the goods and let me let me play this thing for the night, <laughs> I'm actually got to get on last night, and uh, you know, I got to get on and and actually, I, I met uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Dervum. I met Dervum. Dervum. Yeah, Dervum K. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I call him the whirling dervish. I call him the whirling dervish when close like that. He he allows it. He allows it. And he, back he in was full force is Justin ruining the names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um anyways, I I had you know, and then I got stuck in a lost sector and um I've been there ever since. So uh, <laughs> Well, alongside me, we also have our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green Eye music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. Are you uh, looking forward to tonight's chat? I'm just so happy Justin's back. <laughs> Justin's back. And we actually have oh, somebody I've been... Yeah. We also have somebody that I've been wanting to get on stream for a long, long time. Yeah, you and I both. So we'll we'll mm-hmm. get there and... Just a second. The next person that I've wanted to get on stream for a really long time, I mean, it's almost oh, its almost been seven days, uh, is our grizzly bearded lore master himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to being on stream with Justin, though, yeah. this time. Yeah, I get Because I know pre- the last time I was, actually the last couple times I was on for like, um, for, for guest hosting and everything, uh, he wasn't here. So this admittedly could be interesting. I I, yeah. Also, I have to ask, what crooner are you if you are part of the Rat Pack? <laughs> yes, um, this answer should be no. You know, uh, I think I'm actually I'm 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 a I'm a little bit of all of them. I'm kind of smooth <laughs> like Dino, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm quintessential cool like Sammy, uh, but you know, I think I'm probably. Straight up Sinatra, just to you know. <laughs> none of them are, were in the Rat Pack, were they? Crack. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, really. I just listen to Mumford and Sons a lot. I, I don't know who you're talking about. 
with my craft well beers. Oh, well man. done. <laughs> well, and finally, in the esteemed seat of honor, we have the one and only Maury. Maury, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. It only took what over a year. Yeah, just just about. Here? I mean, it was only like what if how do how do we lessen that? Twelve months. That right? doesn't make it any less. That make any one, 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 one's a smaller number. One's another. Well. Okay, we'll okay, yeah, we'll go maybe, with that. Maybe we, maybe we can agree on like eleven and a half months. Yeah, eleven and a half. I think that that's a good compromise. Yeah, right. And you know okay. that's assuming a linear timeline and all that. Stuff. Right. No, right. don't, don't, right. don't start. Exactly. Don't start. <laughs> I, I prescribe to the cyclical model. <laughs> Here he comes. The, Oh my God. Well, Maury, would you mind sharing with us how you got interested into like the lore of Destiny and maybe one of your favorite topics within the game? Sure, yeah. The lore for Destiny really came to me, gosh, it was the February reveal before Destiny came out. And they were going through the concept art, those postcards, kind of like they showed us in the reveal this week. And the one of old Chicago really like drew me in because it was a post-apocalyptic world, but it wasn't like the Fallout series. It was different than anything I had ever seen before as a gamer. So I got really drawn into that and this concept of world building and how they're going to take this concept of, well, we have this light that means we can't die but then what about these enemies that are coming after us? What is the darkness? How are we going to defeat that? So that really drew me into the lore before the game even started. Uh, and I've just been following it ever since. Um, oh Gosh, I don't know. My favorite part of the lore right now, I'm really interested in learning more about the warlords the time before the consensus was built. Uh, I feel like we're kind of going back to that time now a little bit because the the foundation on which the Vanguard stood has been shaken. Uh, there's the faction wars coming back. So I'm excited to see where that storyline goes. Not that I have much hope that it's coming anytime soon, but I think we'll get there. Fair enough. You guys got any any other pressing Things before we jump into notes. I know Justin's really excited to be back and let us spoil all the game for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll forget it. <laughs> all right. You'll forget it. <laughs> That's probably true. So, well, I'm looking forward to diving into tonight's discussion. But real quick, let's run through the intro and then we'll get right into it. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at an updated introductory look at exotic weapons. Before we jump into that, however... I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed Titans. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of FocusFire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, 
Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings. Ghosts and Echoes, which is a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One. And the network's newest edition, The Guardian Life, a podcast from the casual Guardian's perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We also do have some non-Destiny-focused podcasts within the network. Paragon Radio, which is a podcast that focuses on the news and events in Epic Games MOBA, Paragon, and their community. And The Enthusiast Life, a podcast discussing a wide range of fun topics from throughout the entertainment world. We're actually going to be taking a break next week due to the holidays, but be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found either on Twitter at Focus Fire Chat or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Well, this week I thought I would take a stern look at all of the weapons. It was hard light to mercilessly dig into their backgrounds just so I'd have a fighting lion of a chance and not run into the wrist runner of missing out on this sweet business. I know I may come across as having a cold heart at times, but it is my Skyburner's oath that I love all of you guys who listen to this, and that includes you too, Darcy. But I might have got off topic for a second. The prospector of all the various exotics make my war cliff coil with excitement and we had the Legend of Acrius herself joining us for this momentous occasion where the Seer of the Rat King returns. I hope I haven't borealized your mind, and I can tell I'm getting a sideways graviton lance from Bloom. So raise your tractor cannon to the sky and fire off a sunshot, because episode 109, Exotic Weapon Lore, is about to begin. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the exotic weapons, however, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. So I think in kind of agreement, we're going to actually do a bit of a look at something that happened very recently, and that is the scene from the Osiris trailer that was released. I think the trailer, the full trailer was released yesterday, right? That wasn't before that. The stream was the the release of that trailer, correct? Is that? Yes. Okay. And it's actually in game now. Like it is. I know it more. Selected. Yeah. I was, I was loading up for uh, the the chat tonight and i saw the update and then when you go to the director it's right up there and i was like oh what's this so yeah the full the full cinematic scene for the trailer is in the game it's amazing um justin you can watch it you don't have to worry about any spoilers um but let's see the piece of it that i've seen quite a bit of chatter not just in our discord but actually i know beard in your discord there was a bit of chatter and on twitter there was a lot of chatter was about this scene that had Osiris in what appears, and Maury, I know you, we were talking about this a little bit before, beforehand too, what appears to be Osiris in the Vault of Glass. Um, mm-hmm. So this this is kind of going to get into a little bit of spoilers. Um, and it's, I guess it's spoilers in regards to kind of one of the mechanics inside the game from The Curse of Osiris. So just just a warning. I'll try to I'll try to keep this brief so we don't take away from the full episode. Um, but basically, that was explained as 
being not the vault of glass in the self, in the sense of what we know to be the vault of glass, but rather it was a part of what was called the infinite forest, um, which was described by, I believe it was Christine that described it Mm -hmm. as a reality engine. So, um, green, I know you, this was, this was a part that you were really into. You want to, you want to steal this from me so I don't butcher it. Well, okay. So when Christine described it, because um, Deej actually asked her, is this the Vault of Glass? And she said, well, not exactly. So the it's a reality engine that allows the Vex to test out their theories and see if they can win in a certain way or see what the outcomes are going to be. So in theory, our own Vault of Glass is technically part of this forest, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun to think about. What? But okay. In theory, in theory, it's not like proven, and it's. She says it's no. It's not the vault of glass as we know it. Right, right. because I guess I guess I would argue just a little bit there because our the vault of glass that we experienced in Destiny One, I would say, is not part of the Infinite Forest because the Infinite Forest is a simulation machine. It's like a simulator. Uh, the way I picture it is kind of similar to Star Trek's holodeck. It's a place that allows them to explore potential potential outcomes for different events. And so it's an mm-hmm. experimentation. Whereas the Vault of Glass that we experienced in Destiny 1, arguably, now and this is this is where I think the argument kind of goes into opinion mode here, is arguably not a simulation. That was an actual event. Yeah, it's more like a server room. Well, no, but I mean, like, it's not, like it's a not a, thing. it's not a, um, the, the, the events inside the vault of glass that our guardian team experienced were, was not a simulation. The events of the events that we saw in the Osiris trailer was a simulation. So it's a, it's a, that's the different beard. So hear me out here. No, I I would uh, I would agree so much that the idea that the the year one fault of glass was kind of disconnected from all of this. Like that was the quote unquote real vault of glass, because what even is reality with the Vex? Uh, However, what about the Age of Triumph one? Mm hmm. Yeah, and that, and that's where the hairs start getting split. I think is because yes. once you introduce the possibility of <laughs> I see in chat, yes, the danger room. Once you introduce uh, the possibility of something like that, then that begs the the ever present question within this type of sci fi is well, what 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 is real? Ultimately, what comes? What is the translation of what is real? Because now well, they can have the argument. Now they have the wiggle room to say, oh, well, that's just a simulation. And the largest point of contention that basically exists is how are the vex able to simulate us how are they able to play with us and i know that uh i've seen bife i've seen myelin and a couple others that have kind of brought up this question already uh and long story short what i've uh what i've kind of come to the conclusion of is that they are able to simulate us but they aren't necessarily able to simulate our powers and there then still kind of begs the question how do we see these uh these guardians utilizing things like nova bomb and so on uh the other piece of the puzzle that i think also kind of gets thrown out there or as the possibility of a question uh is also the uh why those guardians stand frozen in time but then at this point uh how is it that the uh 
the Vex are able to kind of move through time in the way that they are and, and keep kind of consistent. Uh, they're, they're not locked to time. Like the guardians seem to be just hovering around there. Uh, but green, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that Osiris is able to hack into the Vex network. And I know that's one of the things that we're probably going to get into a little bit more later on, mm-hmm. but with him being able to hack into the Vex network, the Vex can, are able to move through different time or different times, I should say. So who's to say that that, yes, that is kind of a simulation thing, but that may be actually our attack on the raid captured via Mm -hmm. through time and Osiris Mm -hmm. visiting it. So when we're actually going through the raid and fighting in the raid with our team of six, which is what they had in stream, that could theoretically be the time that is frozen and Osiris goes through and everybody else. Blue? So, so I I actually have two things I want to go back real quick on Beard's thing. Um, the simulation for the Guardians, I I agree with. I think it was uh, one of the mods in your server made the point too that um, it's not that they're simulating us; it's that they're simulating the the appearance of us. So, like Correct. they're they are um, they don't have to going to kind of get it's going to uh they don't have to understand how we're doing things they just know that we can do things so like mm-hmm. for the instance of a guardian summoning a super they don't have to understand where that super now i mean they probably want to understand it but just just simulating the appearance of a nova bomb they kind of have they've experienced that like they have mm-hmm. seen that in action they know kind of what happens now that doesn't mean that they understand the full nature of the metaphysics of the super, but they know what it looks like, right? They can, they can simulate what it appears to be. Um, and then to kind of go back to the, the, so does that beard, does that, before I jump to the next point, did you, I, I have, uh, something else afterward. Okay. 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 So, um, I actually kind of put this into our, our spin. We have that spoiler chat and we were talking about this scene and actually I would argue that it's not Osiris that is freezing this, the scene that we saw. I would actually argue a Sagira. Um, Mm -hmm. because so, and just hear me, hear me out real quick. Um, there, there's three points that I wanted. I kind of, kind of used to make this. Um, basically, the first point is we know this for a fact because that's they they explained it when they were talking about the trailer. Is that they're in the infinite forest. Uh, the infinite forest is described as a reality engine that simulates reality for the Vex. Emphasis there being that it is a simulation. It is a computer program. So they seem to be hacking the simulation to. So this is, brings me to the second point. They seem to be hacking the simulation to explore the simulation, looking for answers. Um, this actually also calls back to mind a grimoire card in which Osiris is described as exploring Vex networks. So that's mm-hmm. what they're literally doing. They are literally worming their way through a, a program in it. Um, and that brings me to a third point. Sagira is a ghost and ghosts are basically our go-to for interacting or hacking any alien tech. You see this in Des- all over the place in Destiny 1 and in Destiny 2. One of the strikes uh, you have to, pro- I mean, well, most of the strikes, you have to protect um, 
you have to protect your ghost while they're hacking various different aspects to move in, move on in the mission. Um, so your ghost is basically your interface with alien technology. And so if he's interfacing with alien technology, i.e. the Vex technology, the Vex reality engine, it would make sense that Sagira is actually the one that is the source of the hack code. And then that goes on to basically they are taking control of that simulation and they are pausing it. And so it's not because a lot of people were pointing out that it's like, oh, Osiris has the ability to freeze time. Well, but it's it's not that he's freezing time. He's he's pausing a, a simulation, which is completely different. They're basically hacking the code to stop it so that they can explore that particular area. But then that brings us to the next scene, which is the the red eye that everyone kind of argues who who is this red eye is it the templar is it a hydra or is it a you know whatever um Mm. so but i would point out that that eye whoever that is is actually more of a controller or an overwatcher of the program that is identifying a a trojan virus a virus within the code and is identifying what's causing it that's why and this is i was re-watching the cinematic right before i jumped on that's why he calls out that it's not that he sees light their light it's that the eye noticed Sagira's light. She, he mm-hmm. could see Sagira's light. Um, so it points out that the eye is, that finally found Osiris at the end of the trailer is something akin to Atheon, which is a watcher of the networks or a controller. And in this case, that, that network is the simulation, the infinite forest. And basically, that thing's position and that thing's purpose seems to be the isolation and negation of the virus that was infiltrating the Vex system. Um, so I'm going to, I know beard and green, you had a couple things. Um, I'll let you guys talk. Cause there's, there's a few more points later that came up in the chat that I wanted to touch on too. So I don't beard, uh, or green, sorry. I saw green. Well, I mean, the only thing that I really wanted to note is if you look at Sagira, she is actually the yes. ghost version yes. of the Osiris emblem. I love it. Made I- in it's Yeah. I was noticing that and it's really, really well done, I think. But the other thing is Segura, what you were talking about, if she is thrown out of the simulation, which is what Osiris does at the end of that trailer, then is Osiris trapped inside of that simulation? I would I would argue that yes he is because at the end if you if you watch if you know when you watch the cinematic after he throws Segura out, um the eye focuses in on him and he starts to raise his weapon, but the other Vex were already moving and they were surrounding him. They were actually no longer focusing on those guardians because I would argue those aren't actual guardians. Those are just simulations. I will say that Christine did mention, she did make a point to mention that this happens after the red war, us going after uh, Osiris Uh, about a month or two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of months after the red war. So it also, Oh, go for, sorry. Go for it. Go for it. No, go. For, you go ahead. I was going to say the the initial cinematic. I didn't. I didn't see it in the cinematic that's in game, but the reveal stream started with a quote from Osiris, and he said, "I have foreseen a lot of things, but I had never. I never had. I have never seen you," which was an interesting quote. Which is something mm-hmm. that makes me wonder about what Osiris is actually doing in there. Because if that is a simulator, or which we know it's a simulator because of Christine talking about it, the fact that Osiris is using the simulator much like the Vex are, right. trying to figure yep. out how to defeat the Vex or how to stop a future from co- coming to pass. 
kind of like Praetith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay, so, and um, I, I know we're buttoned up against the end of the time that we've kind of allotted for this particular section. I did want to, just real quick, if you guys don't mind, I wanted to look at the, the hack that I mentioned. Um, so, is that, is that okay? You guys, Beard, or did you, what did you want to bring? I know you said you had something... I'm going to say I can sum it up kind of quickly. I think okay. it's the uh, the idea of perception as well that's uh, still heavily in question because of the stuff that we have with uh, the, the Pyramidian, uh, with oh, how true. Asher talks true, about yeah. the, uh, the the Radiolarian Lake and everything like that, uh, the way that they see like a forest or the way that they see differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trees. They – yeah, like their their perception of reality there, and and I know Pens has kind of brought it up a little bit through uh, through chat here. He has mentioned how none of the supers we've necessarily necessarily seen like actually pop off. Uh, they've mm-hmm. actually just been like used, but they're not really there. So they have this idea and perception of what it looks like when we use it. But what about when it necessarily like leaves our hands, or how does it affect them? They don't understand paracausality. Right. That's well, their, and, their biggest problem that they've right. they've had to kind of really master or work with, like with how it was with Oryx. It's the same kind of idea. Right. And and I I think that makes a lot of sense. It being a reality engine because it's based off it's based off causality, right? If everything right. was causal, I mean, this is the biggest argument. This is actually a real life argument in philosophy too. Is like mm-hmm. if everything is is if everything is a hundred percent causal, you can tell the future. Like the future is Thank predictable. You. But the fact is, is that once you introduce a single instance of a free will or something that defies call that the the theorized definition of causality once you enter once you enter into the argument a single instance of that it throws everything out because that mm-hmm. repercussions destroys the ability to predict off probability and so that's where the vex kind of get into a, a bind with us is because of the paracausal nature of the guardians i mean you saw this with coria and oryx she was only really able to achieve a simulation of orash instead of oryx because of the full power of the paracausal capabilities um so i think enough not even like able to go ahead and and uh and simulate oryx right which is the the further funny yeah the first yeah the the middle the middle stage yeah i know it it was right and it was all yeah and that was all based off of the ecumen information oh man <laughs> that's that's a that's a rabbit hole um whoops but yeah no 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 but to to kind of go back to the hack idea um so someone someone in the chat kind of challenged that and was like well but then you know how is it that the vex so another really big question is how is it that the vex are able to get free of the hack if that's what this is but the the old, the whole simulation seems to still be frozen and so i guess my my view of it was kind of that there are there are basically four what will what we'll call instances or entities within this scenario that is going on. You have Osiris and Sagira as what we'll call instance one. We have the Vex mm-hmm. participants, so those Vex participants as instance two, and then the simulation base, which is basically your foundation, uh, your world, and you're actually the including the simulated opponents. So again, kind of think of this as the danger room from the X Men. You have participants, and then you have the actual world. Um, That's going to be your instance three. And then you have the overwatcher or the Templar or whoever who is the controller. 
So instance one hacks instance two, which basically freezes the instance three. And so that instance two and three are frozen. But then the controller will identify the hack, which is what happens at the end, to instance two, or identifies the hack in instance three. But the participants who are instance two are actually technically a separate instance, and they probably they are able to identify their own selves. And that's why you actually see the Vex actually start to move before the, the whole thing was noticed. Because, uh, and that's the whole joke with Segura moving the gun. Um, because they are actually able to identify within their own code the hack because they have less code to comb through. The controller's, you know, combing through the whole thing. The individual instances of the participants only have their own their own specifics. Um, so they have a smaller instance, therefore they're able to defeat the hat a little bit quicker because they have less code. So the thing is, is that that kind of explains from a computer standpoint, of, and this is very, very, very basic, but that kind of explains how the instance, the hacking of instance three does not necessarily require instance two to remain frozen, even though instance three does. So you basically have three different programs competing, and then you have a programmer on top of it who is kind of monitoring. And that's when you kind of got that whole different thing. I mean, it's it's basic it's, ideas in, in computer coding, if right, you will. Right. It's, uh, it's following the, the same basic procedure that you will through like C or Java or anything like that. Exactly, Absolutely. exactly. So now that we have that as clear as mud, I know uh, yeah. <laughs> green, green ones. Here, here's the thing. If you guys have questions about that particular explanation, just let me know in Discord. I'm more than happy to uh, – I'll send you I'll send you my notes on that. Like I'm more than happy to do that. So, it, And we'll see you in two It weeks. actually sounds shockingly – it sounds shockingly like my conversation with Pins from <laughs> an hour ago. So, <laughs> so I, I kind of think my Xbox – is the infinite force now so that's great <laughs> got that going for me which is nice um oh man yeah right, well, so you guys want to move on to some actual yeah weapons? let's let's queue up that that lore bot that you love so much you ready for this justin oh uh, let's bring that sweet randy footage <laughs> lore bot 2.0 activated Query received. Interfacing with expanded database directory. Response received. Displaying on screen for review. And this is the Thank you, Ray. We, we wait for that. All thanks be to Randy. All thanks be to Randy. See, I'm not the only one who has trouble knowing when that thing's stopping. <laughs> yeah. I always just wait. I mean, he, he, he deserves a little reverence, you know? <laughs> he deserves a moment of silence? What? Yeah. A quick and quiet death. A quick and quiet death. <laughs> it's okay. He's a ghost. He'll come back. Right? Yeah, right. Yes. I love fail safes. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. every time you kill them, they stay dead. They stay dead. Well, actually, I this is a new servitor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Justin hasn't met her yet. I prefer the term pause oh. for the cause. Pause for the cause. Oh man. <laughs> well, the do pause you want to anyway? Do you want to talk about what exactly is when we say exotic weapons, right? 
what exactly do we mean uh-huh. for anyone who's new to the Destiny universe? I think that would be a good place to, like to start with. Yeah, like you, Justin. Like now that you have finally played Destiny Two for all of thirty minutes, what do we mean when we play? When we Shiny. say, <laughs> so I, I I think a good a good way to do that is um, we we kind of took a little bit of the summaries um, from the Prima Guide. Actually, they have a really pretty decent summaries. Um, of the different types of weapons and the weapon types and classifications. And so, Justin, do you want to gra- you want to read that that kind of summarized view of what an exotic weapon is? Yes. No. Maybe so. He's also muted. Oh no! Yes. Randy got him. Sad day. <laughs> Sad day. <laughs> Sad day. Are you are you okay there, Justin? Nope. Oh, I I hear background background noise. Um, I I think his his microphone just went. I'm good. Okay, you good? No. You want to okay. you want to grab the summary? Yeah. Yeah, I I can grab the summary. Just give me just like give me just a sec. Just stall, Blue. With, <laughs> just stall. Um, so, cover um, me, man. Cover me. Okay. Okay, so where where were we? Exotic weapons are exceptional, highly coveted pieces of gear. They feature uniquely powerful perks. A guardian can never equip more than one exotic acquired during in-game level twenty content, and they can be purchased from an elusive vendor. are recovered during engram encryption. And I take issue with because I've yet to <laughs> You're it. not even level <laughs> you know, you, no no complaining. Oh, no complaining. Oh, 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 are we are we are we are we are we level shaming now, Is that what we're doing? We haven't even gotten it installed yet. Is this Is this where you wanna be when the speaker comes back? Is this where you wanna be? Pick it on point? Should we tell him? <laughs> no, no, you should. Should, should we tell him? <laughs> you should. Oh you should. man. So okay. So so really quick. An exotic weapon is kind of what Justin was saying. There is. Those are the ones that have shiny. the gold icon, and yes, they are very shiny, and they're usually very powerful. Usually is the emphasis. I, I emphasize that word usually um, because mm-hmm. in Destiny Two, Drake's that is promise notwithstanding. <laughs> hey, in now, Destiny, you, in Destiny you take Two, that back. there's some arguments on some of the weapons, but if they're not mm-hmm. if they're not universally powerful, they usually have a very specific purpose. Uh, I'm thinking right now of Skyburner's Oath, which Creed and I were talking mm-hmm. about the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very specific uses in which they are very powerful. Um, and it's usually, and that's where a lot of times I've, I've heard a couple people being like, well, why can't we have more than one exotic thing equipped? And that's why is because in order to keep the power a little bit balanced, that's, that's kind of the trade-off you get a super powerful weapon. Well, then your other weapons are going to be not as powerful. Same with the armor, but focusing on the weapons real quick, do we want to green? What are your thoughts? Do we want to jump into the classifications or should we take a break real quick for the mid roll? 
Uh, I think considering that you have the classifications first and then we have like 40 minutes supposedly slotted for the last bit, I say supposedly because it's never going to be 40 minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Let's go ahead and do the classifications and then do a mid roll before we jump into the actual breakdown. All right. Sounds good to me. So what we'll do is we started off with a breakout of the high level, which is the rarity. So that's what Justin was just talking about with the exotics. So that's what classifies as an exotic. Next, I want to kind of break out the different types of weapons that we're going to be talking about. Um, and so, and I think I'll, I think what we can do is I'm going to read again some some or we're going to read some summaries of the different types. These are called types of weapons. And I've also kind of noted here that, um, there's different numbers of types. Now, none of the exotic weapons, there's 19 total in Destiny 2 currently, and we don't have any of, none of the types have more than about two in each of them. So we're going to start off with um, the auto rifle, which is basically an auto rifle is a weapon that may have a problem with stability uh, because these weapons tend to have pronounced recoil, but they are fully automatic, enabling you to hold down the trigger and pump bullets into a foe while giving your trigger finger a rest. They are well suited to mid range combat and of the exotic weapons. We actually have two auto rifles. The other, um, and actually let me take a step back before I hand this off to green. There are actually there is one other classification that we need to really touch on briefly, and that's the different types. Uh, in Destiny Two, we have kinetic, we have power, and then we have uh, energy. Sorry, I got those backwards, didn't I? Kinetic, energy, power. There we go. Yep. Um, there you go. It's so much more difficult than primary, secondary, mm-hmm. and heavy but anyways so much cooler (laughs) (laughs) so kinetic (laughs) kinetics are basically weapons that are just exactly what they sound like they just basically hit you with a slug they're just you're that's just what they do energy is pretty much similar um except they use an energy component instead of a material or a material bullet and then the i just blanked on it power weapons here are the these super powerful weapons like rocket launchers and all that. So that's real quick. An auto rifle fills in either kinetic or an energy slot. Um, and there are, like I said, there are two auto rifles that we'll, we'll touch on after we get through the summary real quick, but green, I know you're up next. I'm going to stop talking cause I'm just babbling at this point. Yeah. Cause I have hand, hand cannons, which were my favorite were, because I played with last word constantly during D1, and now it's gone, which I, I, I'm going to pour one out for it eventually when I think about it. When oh, I have what's a that? You, you need to get some skill now? Okay. Uh, <laughs> see, I think it does take skill, but that's an old, old argument. Anyway, I now use Mida, so yes, I need to get some skill. Anyway. Hey! Prima Guide says, a hand cannon is a revolver-like handgun designed to inflict single high-damaging shots in quick succession, firing as quickly or as slowly as you can pull the trigger. Expect a relatively short range and lengthy reload times. Reload times. See, now, because we don't have last word, I use sidearms. But that's 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 besides the point. Uh, Beard, you're up. I'm up. Mm-hmm. For pulse rifles? Good grief. Mm-hmm. I used to love those things in TTK, and then they started to suck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> a pulse 
A pulse rifle is best at medium to long range, allowing for multiple and accurate takedowns with a series of burst fire blasts. If you favor short, sharp shocks of fire and extreme accuracy, this should be on your short list. That's that's my jam right there, because I'm a battle <laughs> rifle guy from Halo. <laughs> And then Maury, I think of my language now. <laughs> Maury's got scout well, rifles. Scout rifles are far and away the best gun in the game. <laughs> down. Great in mm-hmm. every situation uh, because they generally offer a good balance of impact and firing rate and really shine in long range combat. Some models feature automatic fire, but manual fire is far more common. Yeah, I think to date there's only one that has automatic fire, and it's a rare. And I accidentally accidentally deleted. No, because I was talking to Uni about this. It's a rare weapon, and if you put a uh, a um, recoil mod on it, you literally can just hold it. You don't even have to use your thumb; it does not move. It's like a laser Mm. pointer. And I accidentally deleted it, so that's what I'm I'm hunting right now. I'm like, I'm like, no. Some of the rares are a lot better than the legendaries this time around. Just going to say that. Don't delete them, guys, just without trying them. Yeah. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, is like I held on to it for a long time because I kept meaning to try it. And then I got the Mita quest where you have to dismantle them. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I didn't even I wasn't paying attention. And I just, yeah, yeah pour one out for that. That's so what you're right telling me. What you're telling me is you might have dismantled it. Stop talking. Just go to sidearms. <laughs> Just, no? Okay. 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 Sidearms. Okay. A sidearm may be overlooked, but at your peril. These are practically useless at mid to long range because of their low impact and tendency to kick back. However, the incredible rate of fire means you foe shields and energy at closer ranges in less time than an auto rifle. I always think of the sidearm as the annoying chihuahua biting your ankle. (laughs) But if you give that chihuahua enough time, he could seriously harm you. There's some really good sidearms. No hating on them. There's a sidearm that's like semi-automatic that New Monarchy just got rid of. Like, they're selling. Let let me me put it this way. Sidearms used to be fantastic, and Mm. then they got rid of the wormwood. Mm. They're the mm. iron one, the iron lords mm. one wasn't too bad. Oh, I loved uh, uh what was it? It, it was iron, iron breed. It was iron breed. Yeah. Thank you. That was I loved that thing. I, I'm a jabber well, hockey man. I'm a jabber hockey yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. Beware my gun. Yes. <laughs> oh, and and to be fair, there are the the burst fire amelons which are also pretty mm-hmm. fun. Not that I can remember any of them. And the full auto Soros. Mhm. They feel weird. They they just don't feel like they're. You they're expect the so sidearm much to be fun. fairly. They they are, but you expect the sidearm to be fairly steady. They just don't <laughs> no, feel steady. No, they're not. They're, like sub, they're, they're submachine guns. <laughs> which speaking, speaking of uh, which, <laughs> I totally did that unintentionally. Let's just go with that. So <laughs> so speaking of that, a submachine gun is a gun that combines a large capacity magazine and impressive dam impressive damage and a spectacular rate of fire. It's excellent for short range combat and crowd control, though ammunition expenditure can be severe. And if you're looking for something that's steady, it's it's not that. This is not Atheon's epilogue. Depends. Mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. There's a few that are good. Are they? Are there? Are there a few that are steady for the mm-hmm. submachine? The, uh, more steady. They feel more like auto rifles. Oh, uh, okay. The I've one been from using the Iron Banner. I feel like is very good actually, and a oh, lot of the okay, 900 okay. Uh, RPM <laughs> ones I find are a little bit more stable. Uh, d- decidedly, not Mita Mini. Mita Mini goes all over the place. It does, but yeah. I use it because of the added mobility. <laughs> I was like, I'm I like, know. I'm like, it's really hard to argue with it. <laughs> I just don't yeah. ever use it. Uh, Bibble just said in chat, uh, Antiope D. Antiope D is probably one mm-hmm. of the strongest, if nothing else. The the clip is a little bit of a problem, but well, if you run double submachine guns, now that we can, like fruit, uh, Mr. Fruit's been doing, you can actually wreck shop in Crucible. You also can make machinima that way. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, sub hey. machinima. Submachinima. Oh. See? <laughs> See? Okay. I did the pun thing because I knew it'd make Justin happy. But then and, the and, process, you, and you, I, you woke the beast. I, well, yeah. And I also like upset Beard because now he's grumbling every time we make a pun. I, like, okay, I, I love We may have awakened a sleeping dragon. Um, is this where we're going with it? No, no, we're no, we're not going with it. Let's let's trace our ways back here. Yeah, laser pointer. <laughs> laser pointer time. Trace rifle. Trace rifles are powerful rifles capable of firing singular concentrated energy beams that can be focused down upon multiple targets at once. They are under the energy weapon category. The only known trace rifle in Destiny 2 is Coldheart, which can be infused with energy auto rifles. And it is an amazing gun for the raid. I'm just going to say that, guys. If you don't have it, yeah, you need it for the raids. It's a, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a these, are, these, will forever, really these will forever be the tickle rifles from Halo. Mm-hmm. Like, but these, mm-hmm. this one hits a lot harder Spartan than the lasers. Spartan, or is it, oh, no, not Spartan. Spartan no, the Sentinel beams. The Sentinel beams. The, the yeah. ones that yeah. tickle yeah. you to death. They'll just yeah. tickle you to death. This one hits a little harder than the tickle beams. Does it? I'm just going to okay. say that. Mm-hmm. What about trust, fusion rifles? The other tickle beam. Uh, far from a tickle beam. Thank Yo, you very much. Oh, man. A typical fusion rifle offers good mid-range and closer range takedown opportunities with an almost instant bolt of energy after a short charge-up. The timing is a little different because shots are not instantaneous. So practice and uh, practice and become more predictive with your firing tactics. A linear fusion rifle, which I use all the time, by the way, generally generally features much greater range and lower per shot damage. Uh, I absolutely love the Weist yes. uh, Tarantella. That thing is absolutely fantastic. And anybody that, that says otherwise day. is wrong. Yeah, I started playing with one that the other day, and I was like, this is a lot of fun. You can, you yeah. can really have a lot of fun with it. Well, when you can one-shot a Hydra mm. with the sucker, like a, a standard red bar Hydra, oh my goodness, I was done. <laughs> like, between between that and, and Merciless, I have a hard time, like, really bouncing between t- uh, those two guns, uh, depending on if I'm, like, using hard light or not, basically. What? <laughs> so, we're, we're using so hard speaking, light? That's where we're so, at? So speaking of timing, let's talk about grenade yeah. launchers, I guess. 
Oh, man. So, grenade launchers, the things that kill Mori every time she shoots them. <laughs> a typical grenade launcher allows for and requires indirect fire. <laughs> At maximum range, the weapon can be aimed well above the target area. Trajectory, people. Uh, like grenades that you have as a guardian ability, a grenade can fire from one of the weapons can have different energy effects. Most grenades can bounce, so punch them where the enemy will be rather than where they are when you fire. <laughs> and pro tip, watch for them coming back at you because they will wreck you. <laughs> <laughs> Take a page from my book. Don't do what I do and die every time you shoot one of these things. This reminds me of Guardians Against Humanity. (laughs) It's what this sounds like. Might I might I recommend a good Amalon uh, grenade launcher that doesn't have the bounce back problem? The sticky? Because that's yes, they're fantastic. Mm. I absolutely love Amalon grenade launchers. (laughs) That's gross. Grenades are meant to be bounced. No, this is it is called the junk rat axiom. It's all trip mines. That's what you're setting. And they, they actually have a timer just like trip mines used to. And they stick to things just like trip mines used to. But they're nope. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Green's, Green's a little annoyed that trip mines don't stick to people anymore. Yeah, because that's how I won all the Crucible before. (laughs) It's the only reason I played freaking Gunslinger. You made unicorns. Booty claps. All the time. Well, talking about about explosive ordnance, Justin, you want to talk about rocket launchers? (laughs) Oh, yes. I have a clan mate who's really partial to these, (laughs) and I don't think he likes where they've gone. Um, Yeah. By the way, just side note, just side note. Um, when Pro I was tip. playing through that first mission before I had a before I had a power weapon mm-hmm. and I kept seeing purple ammo dropping, I was like, I bet this killed Fraggle when he played this. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, the rocket launcher. It mm-hmm. hits a rocket launcher hits a single foe in the area immediately around them with a massive amount of splash damage. The radius of the damage is the largest of all the weapons. However, don't expect rapid firing. More than three rockets to fire before a reload. You know, I like that they have that little dig dig in there because of truth. (laughs) Freaking, freaking taking my Crux Lomar buzz away. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually very surprised, though, with rocket launchers because I didn't expect them to be near as good when they announced that you were only going to have a single rocket. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, that basically hit the entire map. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Especially freaking cluster bombs. Oh, my goodness. Yep. I have. That's the one rocket launcher that I keep, like, edging up, even though I don't use it. I have a rocket launcher that has cluster just simply because I'm like, that's going to be useful when I finally do have to use this thing. Mm-hmm. But speaking of things with buckshot, yeah. Speaking yeah. of speaking of small clusters of pain, let's talk about shotguns. Yeah. So a shotgun is great for striking multiple impact points into a close range target with a single blast. Basically, it can topple tougher foes and annoyances like taken blight pylons. Though the reloading comes sooner than you think. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, and it's not. They're not all buckshots because doesn't the isn't it the Soros? Soros has the slug. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Soros is all basically like chaperone, which is absolutely oh. fantastic. Precision damage. They've got the. Yep. They've got the home defense 
ammo. <laughs> the home defense, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the armadillo defense ammo. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that this just rips them in half. <laughs> <laughs> not if you hit them with a truck. No, but <laughs> and they're are. not. They're not cute. They're not cute. Oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the shotguns or the armadillos? armadillos. Now? Okay, armadillos. Yeah, I have no segue. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go because everyone's been doing segues like crazy tonight, and I'm like, and I had oh. one, and then we started talking about armadillos, and so I'm gone. You know, the um, best way to kill an armadillo that. is from a distance. <laughs> no, it's from a mile away it with is. a spotter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he never that armadillo hole didn't even know what hit him. <laughs> You see what I did there? Oh, oh, come on, Justin. <laughs> oh, it's glad. I'm glad to have you back, hon. Uh, sniper rifle is one of the few oh, weapons that must be aimed to be used effectively. Though you can fire without the scope during chaotic close combat if you're panicked, which is me all the time. At all other times, this inflicts catastrophic damage if you hit it on a single target from long range. Look, they that you can still deal catastrophic damage to a wall. If you that is basically how all of my rounds go. If you that is what happens, so I understand it. They're so bouncy now. They are. This is called Justin they, Strats. They've actually Shoot talked about each, repeats. Yes. Yeah, they've actually uh, talked about flinch though, and I know that's a big conversation right now at being mm-hmm. had with the. The, the crucible community but uh, i i kind of highly agree it's one of those few times that i'm like i used to be able to use snipers now and again i can't i just can't in this game yeah there's no more thousand what is it like there. if you if you don't hit if you don't hit your first shot you're done is it that type of deal no, you basic against a drag yes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah although and I've, then if you're I've like, had a lot of fun with darcy I mean, Darcy's fun because she's probably the most stable out of all of them, realistically. Mm-hmm. But that's because she has a really good personality. Yeah, that's that's also fair. You know what else has really good personality? Mm-hmm. Shax, because he stole my raise later. Exactly <laughs> I was, what I'm wonder- talk about I was wondering right if now. you were going to go off on this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He's going to talk is- about swords. I may I'm have talk assigned this on purpose. <laughs> oh. Oh, did you? <clears throat> a sword is a rarely seen weapon, usually rewarded for completing a lengthy and difficult mission. It inflicts exceptional damage when aimed at a single foe, and it can also be used to block incoming enemy damage. Your perspective changes to a third-person view when you're wielding one. So get out there in the Crucible Guardian <laughs> and give them hell. Or give them back to, give them back to Shax. Or just give me the shots. Yes, exactly. You know what, Beard? Sometimes I just like to use the handle. <laughs> well, oh my God! See, honey, that's green the whistle. worst way to actually hit something with. Okay, it's just the worst way. <laughs> we were I running that was crucible snow coning. <laughs> and you yes. don't have the hilt yes. anymore. It's so sad. You actually it's still weird. have the sword. Uh-huh. Or, or you're like the guy at the Olympics passing the torch, but you're really angry because it went out. <laughs> okay, last night. Blue and I were playing some Crucible with Ben, and we we got on the map that, that has the Cabal launchers on it. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but uh, 
got into a pretty good flow and I got killed right after getting some heavy. And so I just still had my sword up and I came up on this guy and beat him down with the empty sword. (laughs) This warlock who had no idea what was happening, who could have easily killed me. Just beat him down and went back. Anyway, it was great. It was good times. It made just me feel hear, like we just hear laughter, and all of a sudden she comes just pelting around the corner. <laughs> She's like, "I just killed someone with an empty sword." <laughs> with an empty sword. Was oh, like the, the time I killed the I I killed the uh, the guy with the Torbjorn hammer. Oh God! <laughs> smack a smack a smack a smack a smack. He's like, "What are you doing?" We need to play Overwatch, Justin. We've not done that together, especially with the new with oh. the, uh, what is it, Moria, Mor- Moria, Moira, Moria, Moira. That one, that one, Mori, Mori, Mori. Oh, We're definitely just her not name. me. I, her name, her name's Mori. Never played Overwatch. I, no, the new character. We're calling her Mori. That's just easier for everyone. Uh, no, that okay. is fine. As it's long as I get royalties, Mori. I would like a payment every mm. time. Yeah. It's well, Moira. It's it's Moira, guys Moira. from Moira Darling Moira. from Peter Pan. Oh, to Mori, okay. more the darlings. Yes, <laughs> friend. Well, let's take it. Let's take a break real quick. Um, like we said, we're going to run through that. We ran through the classifications. And before we jump into the specifics, I want to take a break real quick and say just a few words about the sponsor for this episode, which is Audible. And so as a part of the Focus Fire Chat community, you might notice that we have a monthly book club. Uh, and since many of us don't really have time to sit down and read an actual book, a great alternative can be found over at Audible. And so the FFC team would like to offer you a chance to try that alternative out by offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to the service. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com slash FFC and all the information, just fill it out, all that. I believe it is only if, if you don't already have the subscription, um, but it's a free, you get a free audiobook and a free 30 day trial for the service. And like I said, we do this, we do a monthly book club. Um, I think green or no, next weekend will actually be the poll for the next book. But this, this month, yes. for example, we are doing the first in the death world trilogy, which is an amazingly really short read, but it's, I, I'm, it's one of my favorite because you guys it's, allowed me to choose. Mm-hmm. We, we let blue choose this. It was an amazing. You guys let. <sighs> What were you thinking? Uh, they they were very nervous, and then they mm-hmm. found out that I have really good taste in books. I mean, it's just it's just a fact. I thought he was going to pick the next book in the Stephen King Dark Tower ca- series. Dark Tower series, which mm-hmm. I'm still I have it downloaded. I just haven't been brave enough to crack it open because if Ray is still there, I don't want to. Wait, the next one that we would be reading is uh, the Wastelands. Have we not gone through? Oh, uh-uh. Okay, then I'm through. way ahead of us. Yeah, you're, you just finished all... Wizard and Glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, okay, you're, ahead so you're way ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is okay. I don't mind doing Wastelands because the riddles are fun. Oh my gosh, the the, the final riddle is amazing. But anyway, we should get to back jump... to the weapons. Right. So in this, so we we've, we've talked about, like I said, we talked about the rarity. We talked about the different types. And so what I think the easiest way to do is to actually break this down into classifications. So again, that's the kinetic, the energy, and the power. And obviously, the best place to start when you do that is the kinetic weapons. Um, And so basically, we have five exotics that fall within the kinetic classification. And again, a kinetic weapon is a weapon that fires ammunition that's based on... uh, 
basically just physical damage. Um, so it's pretty useful. It's, I mean, it's just your standard primary one. And the ammo color for those who are just now getting into the game, like Justin is, the ammo color that you want to pick it's up white. on these. <laughs> I <knew that> one. <laughs> is, is the white ammo boxes. Uh, and so in this category <clears throat> or in this classification, we have one auto rifle, one hand cannon, a pulse rifle, a scout rifle, and a sidearm. We do not have any submachine guns in a kinetic category. category. Classification. Man, I got to get these terms correct on my self so and then green do you want to run through the different weapons or i don't i don't think you know for the for the just the sake of not going four and a half hours on the podcast i don't think mm-hmm. we need to read the lore entries um thanks i i just <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if that's necessary um unless you guys i, I think we should do view. like a cliff notes not necessarily read them but just kind of say what they're in reference to maybe yeah that's fine i mean fine. some of them some of them are tied into some of the stuff in normal campaign and stuff like that that we should mm-hmm. at least mention because yeah. we are talking about lore especially for a, a few of them like mm-hmm. i i don't know if uh now I feel like I'm stealing your thunder. I don't know if, uh, like, Mita, for instance, like, I'm still trying to figure out where I want to take that. If that's just a reference to Marathon and that's all that it, that she wrote. I really, I, that's how I took it, is it's really just a, <laughs> it's a nod to Marathon. Because that was well, the entire uh, yeah. thing. I mean, okay, okay so, so, yeah, I was about to say, let's just start with Mita. <laughs> okay, so, nope. Mita has been reference a reference to marathon which was the mars right mars something interplanetary defense something uh oh yeah it's uh it's uh martian uh martian interplanetary defense alliance is what mida stands for now in the card or in the lore entry they talk about how it uh well there's a curse word the revolutionary government named mida mars is damnably arid perhaps so if these shacks is like <laughs> guessing what Mida means. Oh yeah. His, his definition of the acronym. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. But that's, that's very good. Yeah. There's some humor in these. But that's- you gotta love shacks with, with how he likes to just, you know, throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and the funny thing with Mida mm-hmm. is that in the lore entry on that one, he actually uses the fact that it's not from this timeline as a defense yep. against a defense against uh, Zavala. He's like, you don't have the right to tell me what weapons <laughs> because it's not yep. even from this. You have no authority over this. So yeah. you're not so- going to make me turn back things for Soros. You're not going to make me do this, that, the other thing. But you know what? You know what? This thing isn't even from our own time period. <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interstellar sextant or a troll smasher oh my gosh yeah yes 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 okay so we have Mida. what about Just, yes. justin's favorite his namesake rat king destiny 2 justin not destiny 1 <laughs> It, You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, we're bringing Mida and Hard Light back. I didn't know what to do with my troll sextant. <laughs> Maybe you need some directional help with that, good sir. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, but let's let's move to the king of the vermin. You? Wait, what? <laughs> well, well, yes. Oh, whoa. Yes. Whoa. You made that you really easy. There. You made that super easy. I don't even feel bad. Nope. Oh, okay, well, I kind of feel should. bad. Yeah, you can. Okay, anyway, Rat King. <laughs> so I'll have to say, I thought the Rat King lore was pretty interesting. And I know we're not reading the full cards here because we don't have time, but y'all can look it up on uh, Ishtar. Uh, is it, it's basically a children's fairy tale where there is a yes. gang of children hanging out in the wilds, defeating their enemies, you know, leaving gifts for the children in the tower. And there's this beautiful poem or song that goes along with this. And I thought the Rat King very much reminded me of Peter Pan and sort of the stories that came around of Peter Pan where like mm-hmm. children would be lured out into the wilds. Uh, to live with this gang of children forever. Mm-hmm. So that that's what this the the Rat King reminded me of. I can see that. None and of that sounded you also, beautiful. You also have the uh <laughs> the quest itself for the Rat King, which is it's it's got really interesting um and the reason why I, I kind of know this off the top of my head is because Green and I are actually working on this. Uh mm-hmm. each step of the quest is basically a riddle. That you have to figure mm-hmm. out the the solution to, or use Google. Um, but it's not that hard. To it's actually not that. Figure it's not it that out. hard. Actually, no. it's really not. But it's really cool though, because like it's another one of those kind of breaking of the the standard. You know, do go to point B and do this. Go to point C and do that. You know, it's you have to actually figure out what what it's trying to get you to do. And then the other the other interesting thing for the Rat King for me was the the requirement in the quest that you have to do it with another person that has the quest as well. So it's another it's another focus on that social aspect of of the game that we see. Uh, real quick, I did want to mention on the Rat King the perk and the trait are kind of in, intriguing. Uh, the the intrinsic perk on this particular weapon is the Rat Pack. And then the additional trait is vermin. And so basically what that means is that the the ability of this weapon is that as um, if you have other fire team members who also have the rat king equipped, you actually become stronger. Um, you can and it can stack up to six times. Yeah. So you can have you can have a full raid fire team with rat king and you would have a weapon that is six times stronger than if it was by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is that six times six. That's six times, yes. Um, the other thing is that the vermin trait actually allows you to uh, have a brief period of invisibility if you reload immediately after killing someone. So that was that was just to me that was kind of a, a nice little summary view of the what makes this so, thing an exotic weapon. So blue, I, I think I think we kind of glossed over that. I, I understand what six times means, but what the point I was trying to make is you have a weapon that's six times stronger, and you also have five of five other weapons. So you have six weapons that are all. Oh, six okay. Times I was like, yeah, I said that. I said that, Justin. Thank yeah. you, Justin. I was, I was like. like <laughs> 
he's like he's like no no times six i was like yeah six times that's why i said six Mm -hmm. times justin thank you and this is how blue and his misfit army saved the world oh man yes we get somebody to run i think somebody's already done it but the rat king a fire team a six person fire team to run that would be amazing I'm going to say that damage is probably pretty sick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, so just so other... we all know who, who broke, the, <laughs> who broke who... that first. That was that was me mm-hmm. because Emmy told me that was going to be Emmy told me that was going to be the perk a long time ago. <laughs> Justin's bragging. So, <laughs> he's going he's going to be in the nursing home. Yeah. You know, back in the day, yeah. I broke a gun before it was even released. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they called us vermin. And they called us vermin. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, no, man. we should talk about actually one of my favorite little yes. story tires, which is the Sturm and Drang. Mm-hmm. Oh, I Sturm, love this. Mm-hmm, it actually ties back into Exodus Black. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I, I think is awesome. And then the, just the fact that those two guns. Now, granted, Sturm is the only exotic. Drang is the legendary used to get the exotic. You can use them back to back because one is a power weapon. No, yes. not power yeah. weapon. Yes, no. Uh, drang is drang is an energy weapon, and energy, storm is a kinetic. Power. Yeah, it's sorry. Not yeah, power, sorry. It's energy. I always uh, confuse energy, energy and power. I it, do it's, too. It's a secondary weapon. It's I know. Secondary. But uh, you can use them back to back, and they actually work really well together. And like blue, blue just put in tra- chat. That Sturm and Drang are equals like the storm and stress, which Drang is a sidearm and Sturm is a hand cannon, but they look very similar and they work pretty well together. I did try to run it in Crucible last night and I just I didn't have the playstyle to actually make it work. But okay, Blue, go ahead. Sorry, there's um so this is for those who are in the Discord, you probably know and actually, if you're on Twitter and you follow us, you'll know that Destiny, uh, the Destiny Armory Defined, which is what uh, Rhino has started putting together from his own notes and then also from the Gunters, they he has he has let us put some of the trivia facts for these particular weapons on there. He he does a weekly um, weekly post about different things, both on our site and on the his own lore card site. <clears throat> but Sturm and Drang, Sturm especially has quite a few really cool little literature connections like like green was saying Sturm and drang are actually they mean storm and stress excuse me uh and it's actually referred to in the style and movement of a lot of german literature around the 18th century you also have der storm der sturm is the german title of shakespeare's the tempest uh which is a really really cool play um but there's, I mean, there's just there's tons of little literature nods to Sturm and Drang. Uh, there's a, a, a 1776 romantic drama by Frederick Frederick Maximilian, uh, who which is titled Sturm and Drang. You have um, basically the uh, yeah. I'm trying. I I cannot speak German super well, but it was Sturm und Drang was the original title of Virvar. Uh, and that was actually the original title of the play that was referred to by that German poet. So it's like there's there's a really big rabbit hole that Sturm kind of opens up within the literature world. Um, and Rhino kind of does all that 
but I know Maury. Maury probably has something to say on this one. Well, I wanted to add is that that play started a whole literary movement mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. Germany and Central Europe. Yeah, it's um, a big, it's it a big refer- deal. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and people might not realize it because, you know, especially if you're based in the U.S., we don't learn much about German literature until you're maybe in college Sad or taking German. Day. I know. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting stuff. And like this genre of literature focused on humanity and our irrational decisions and our emotional decisions. And when you're going through and you're reading the lore cards between these two, I'm assuming these are lovers. Yes. Um, yeah. Going through a very yeah. stressful. I don't. And they're passionate time. lovers. Yeah, they're passionate <laughs> lovers. They have like they have very high highs and very low lows. So, and they don't always correspond with each other. So, when Drang realized they got accepted to the Exodus oh, yeah. Black, he was super excited <laughs> and we're like, yes, here we come. Like, it was a really bad, like, aim conversation, like, really one sided text <laughs> message going on here. GD. Right? <laughs> and. Uh, Storm, um, whose name was Valkyrie, which is kind of telling for the actual Grimoire card, was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this. And then their roles switch where uh, Drang is already in the cryo sleep and Storm's like, I need to go on this ship. I need to go with them. I need to apologize. Like, So it it's a very interesting love story that I'm really disappointed ended with the Black, with Exodus Black. But it was it really reflects on this period of literature. Yeah, but it's just... also interesting that the word the Valkyrie, the way that they spelled it in the German, uh, is a male violent female wow. demon or sorceress. And I'm like, is she a warlock? And then that got me <laughs> down a really bad rabbit hole. We don't have time <laughs> to talk about here uh, because we should start talking about. Oh, sweet just business. right. Just real sweet, quick. Sweet um, the story, the story between Sturm and Drang is actually between Sigrun and Victor. Victor is the, the, the man. And then Sig- I, I'm a, Sigrun is the woman who is the one that kind of was like, I don't want to go. No, I want to go. And yeah, I kind of got and the feeling. That, also see. Yeah. Go, we also uh, see little uh, notes on Captain Jacobson as well. Right. That's actually where we first are. Mm-hmm introduced with him which which is another nice little callback because it makes you wonder actually what sigrun was doing during the time of what the exodus black was actually like going towards nessus or in its time in flight uh because they had said that all the pods were filled was she actually allowed to be in there with uh with victor or not yeah because uh the guard wouldn't yeah yeah, but and I'm going to say this one especially, I think, is uh, you, you get more tie-ins with the stories if you end up doing more stuff on Nessus. Uh, all of the uh, adventures actually tie in extremely well mm-hmm. with uh, with Victor and Sigrun very well. Yeah, we since we're doing Drag. just a brief overview. Yeah, of I know all of the- it's really hard to do brief overviews of some. Uh, of these. I, I know, and I'm trying really? my hardest yeah. to help. It's the most challenging thing there is to do. We should do some of the next sweet business, mm-hmm. which is and I really- love my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying, yeah, that is like the best flavor text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my job. 
Was it say, and business is good, or something like that? No, that would be awesome, though. <laughs> it does talk about spiders. Yeah, what's what, what's with the spiders? I don't it's know. It's because that's what they're hunting. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's what they're uh, fighting back. Like, and the best part is... The best part is the explanation of what the weapon looked like while it was being fired. It looked like it like <laughs> weapon reeled like it was being held by a child doing a pee pee dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, as as the father of a four year old, that's, that's absolutely hilarious. Because <laughs> oh I've seen that God. dance. I want you to read this for us. What's that? I yeah, want I'm Justin almost to read this for us, but I I, I'm still I'm still confused about the spiders. Like we've never seen spiders in Destiny, uh, so I'm starting to think of early tracks with one? four arms. My uh, my interpretation of that actually is it's quite possibly the fallen. I yeah. know that they crawl on the you know their forearms and everything. It's just kind of similar in that respect. They're also called the spider, like those spiders by Kate, I think, and some of yeah. the and they're and they're the referred batter, to as buggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bugs in general. Uh, because how about that's that reference. Anyway. Well, no, what, yeah, yeah, that's a that's it. Yeah, really. What was that book that referred to them like that? I think it was one Justin. Get the because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where uh, Ephrodite, the bug huggers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ephrodite. But um, <laughs> on sweet business real quick. Uh, well, sorry. Actually, I forgot to do this with Sturm. The uh, perk and the trait is the intrinsic perk is accomplice and the additional traits are storm and stress. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. they they synchronize with each other. So you have a linked legendary like we were talking about. And if you the perk basically says you if you kill with Sturm, it reloads drang and if you kill with drang it reloads sturm um and then the trait is basically kills with drang will actually grant bonus precision damage up until the next reload which if you've done the quest for drang to get sturm makes even more sense because half of that quest was killing things without reloading mm-hmm. so there's there's that piece um sweet business has the perk uh payday and then additional traits business time and uh, basically the perk is a large magazine with an increased hip fire frequency. And then the trait is you hold down the trigger and it boosts the weapons range and rate of fire as well as automatically loading ammo pickups into the magazine. So yes, it is like a slightly more universal version of super good advice. I think it's a better. Don't no, good no, I do. No, I do. No, I, no, I like no, it better. No, oh, no. Like, let's 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 no. not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Can sweet business talk back at you? Are you behind? Do you well, okay. know how these things work? Okay, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Goes, as far as the lore goes, it's not as good. But I don't know. Super good I mean, advice. I mean, Vault, you... Vault was just amazing. Oh. It was amazing in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's true. I love that. I love that one. But uh-huh. let's <laughs> let's jump to one of actually one of my favorite ones. I know Maury probably will roll her eyes at this one, but the Vigilance Wing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the pulse rifle, uh, and this is the one that if you played Destiny One, you will probably recognize. It was kind of one of the big things that you hunted down for in Trials of Osiris at that time. 
reason I never got it. But mm-hmm. it's really, really pretty, really, really shiny, unless you get the really cool ornament called mm-hmm. Book of the Dead, uh, which, by the way, is on sale. It's on sale this week. Um, it's amazing. It's which I already have. so cool. I'm, like, arguing with myself whether I want to spend the, the dust to get it. But... <laughs> I believe it was the very first ornament on sale because i got it the first week oh was it yeah i think they're back on like rotation at this point just to to round out everything so so you're talking like i'm not a big fan of pulse rifles in general but this thing actually nearly did it it did a it it put up a good fight trying to convince me to play with a pulse rifle because this is basically a five shot pulse uh the perk is harsh truths and the main trait is last stand uh, and what this weapon does is it fires fires a five-round burst, so instead of a three-round, it fires five. And then if a nearby ally is killed, uh, the wielder gains health regen and increased movement speed. And then on top of that, the trait gives improved weapon performance when you are the last living member of a fire team, uh, which was a perk that was also in Destiny 1 for all of the adept weapons. Is that correct? I did not finish Trials of Osiris because I got to get good. Okay. I finished it many times. Finished it. Yeah, I finished a lot of cards. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I finished a lot of cards. <laughs> we just won't tell you the condition those cards were in. Uh, well, no, they were all accepted. They were I all finished <laughs> my bounties. All right. Uh, the the lore behind this one card is basically talking about how the lighthouse remains lit. Um, which again is a nod to it no longer being Trials of Osiris, it's now Trials of the Nine. So, you know, that's kind of, it's been carried on. Uh, it's a, it's basically a conversation from Brother Vance, and he's explaining that the reason why they have given out this, this weapon is so that you may learn and you may have a testament to the resolve of Osiris and you, you know, this encouragement to never give up and never lose your way and all this stuff. Um, so it's just, it's a nod to basically say, you know, you may not, he said, well, he says, you may not know the legend of Osiris or ever dared our trials, but should we call on you? Will you honor the heralds who earned this weapons honor and continue the hunt? Which, you know, come, it's also, come December 5th. Yes, we will. Okay. It's, uh, it's to. also, if you <laughs> have to, <laughs> wow. Just get the oh, ghost shell and just 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 deal with it. All right, come on now. Uh, it's also a uh, small little nod to the, uh, at least in my mind, the first time that we see that Brother Vance wasn't really under Osiris' orders necessarily. It was him basically just doing it as a disciple and going by the knowledge that he had of him. Yeah. Uh, and that which, line is actually just, we staged the trials in his name. It doesn't necessarily imply that Osiris had anything to do with them whatsoever. Which they backed up in the stream when they said that's. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that part where Osiris was like, I really didn't want the celebrity status. Like, I really, no. like, I'm, like I'm not a fan of this at all. Um, well, and in a way that kind of helps out with, uh, with the way that he's kind of put together. It gives me a little bit more respect for him too because it's just like okay maybe he's not quite as stuck up as i thought he was we will accept it all right you want to jump into energy weapons get some energy on this on this train starting with starting with the coldest Uh, of the cold yeah let's do let's borealis oh yeah we have to talk about that no that's a power weapon that's a power weapon 
Oh That's yeah, I jumped. Cold hard. Please. God, man. Sorry, I jumped. I jumped. Sorry, me. I didn't. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I jumped. I'm sorry. So cold hard. She cold time hard. jumped. Yeah, she jumped. Give her. I've already played the Osiris DLC. Just give me a break. God. I'm gonna say Vex Network already took over. Apparently, in FFC, that's about what's going on tonight. I talked to Christine about it. It's fine. <laughs> that's fair. I'll just. I'll just uh... <laughs> so cold heart. <laughs> yeah. So the giant laser pointer. Mm-hmm, it's an Amalon mm-hmm. weapon. Mm-hmm. Which sounds about right. They've been practicing to make this gun for a long time, it seems. And it's yes. like a sal- it's Amal- Amalon has perfected the art of salvaging golden age technologies. So there was I think that's a direct reference back the fact that they're pulling this from Halo essentially. Mm-hmm. Something close to it, yeah. And generating a biting sub zero temperature. You are shooting Mr. Freeze's gun at them. And yeah, except it's, it's arc. Of, except it's arc. Uh, yeah, can we can How we just get that, that disappointment like out out of the way like right well, now? Just the fact that it isn't a cold weapon. It's arc. Okay, considering that they would have to make all new stuff. I know it would just the implications. <laughs> the implications of everything they would have to do to add cold as its own deal, and not to mention the fact that that's not a power. Cold is the absence of things. Yes, you know what it's called? It's called plasma. It's not okay. It's not Oh my okay. gosh. So anyways, the perk, <sighs> the perk and the trait are cold fusion <laughs> and longest winter. Uh, and the perk basically explains where the cold name comes from. It shoots a steady cold fusion powered la- uh, laser. And then the trait, the laser oh. does exponentially more damage the longer it is held on a target. And Maury is so. changing her name and confusing everyone. But yes, what do you got, Maury? This is like the sixth time I've changed my name. I haven't been. I just, I, yeah. I've acquired what? more royal titles sitting here than I have in the last two weeks. Which is um, amazing. I'm, so I have a question. I am off my game. I, this is going to be a general question, and y'all feel free to laugh at me for being a casual lore noob. Uh, no such so thing. this card. This card says we didn't no, find Cold's heart. We made it like we made it new. We created right. it. So right. it's post Golden mm-hmm. Age. Mm-hmm. Are there mm-hmm. any other weapons that are truly only post Golden Age no. that don't incorporate Golden Age tech? No. Hard Hard Light no. doesn't isn't hard, hard no light, Hard Light. No, that, that's it incorporates the polymer concept from the Golden Age stuff. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. like the 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 benef- the big thing about Coldheart is that this is a hundred percent city done. Like this is a hundred percent our age. It has. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they learned from the Golden Age tech, but they did not use any repurposed Golden Age tech in making it. And that's so that's Hideo, the big thing about it. Hideo is a big fan of Amalamalan. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, Even. Even though he doesn't necessarily utilize their weapons too much, like Soros is what he ends up like backing quite a bit. Oh, meanwhile, you've got F. Meanwhile, you've got FWC that actually utilizes Amalon more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There, there we go. I got a fellow in here. Y'all can oh. shut up. <laughs> hey, hey, I have There's- a fellow in here too, so it's fine. 
There is only one faction that actually saved the city, that actually cares about the people and the well-being of all under the Traveler. Yeah, yeah, it's called FWC. Y'all could have listened to us. (laughs) Yeah, we told you. We told you. So before before this... Before we get too carried before we get too carried away with all this fighting, let's talk about the actual fighting lion. Um, what about that? What about Waning? What about Waning? Faction what? What? Was best best person ever. She gave no. people hugs. She didn't give people hugs. Um, yes. So they fighting lion, they hugs. Fighting lion is actually a power <laughs> weapon that is considered an energy weapon. So it is a grenade launcher, but it is considered an energy weapon. Um, and this is actually a, this one, this one's just, this one has so much fun. Um, Mm -hmm. but the perk and the trait is delayed gratification and then thin the herd. And what the perk does is basically say that projectiles will bounce off surfaces and hold the trigger and release to detonate. And then the trait is direct hits with the weapon, do more damage to shielded opponents. And then rapid kills against grenade damaged enemies will refill your magazine. So that's, that's the the intrinsic perk and the trait for the exotic weapon. Um, the lore behind the fighting lion is this is where we actually learned that Wei Ning not only was really good at punching things, she actually made a few things though. She only made them because her ghost challenged her to make them. It sounds like also because of Ariana three, but anyway, right, right. Well, because she was like, Oh, so, I love that. I love that. You mean, oh, you so mean you, I could understand Ariana better <laughs> if I make something? I thought I always oh, took I like it. This idea. I took it more as like, oh, so like you could you could build the machine in the image of your strength, just like she was made in the image of a woman. And Waning's like, mm-hmm. hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I do also like the so, fact that her ghost has sassy personality. Yes, yes. That's our second sassy ghost. Mm-hmm. So let's talk but about not the our rabbit. Last. Yeah, not our last. We don't have even been able to meet Wei Ning's. That makes me wonder. Anyway, Graviton Lance. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one this that is, has the which, strangest which, sound by the way, in the whole game. Yes. Can I tell you right quick? I would love for this to be my gamer tag. Just Graviton Lance. That's my name. <laughs> From now on, changing it, changing it. Uh, so, uh, is Maury, that for this week, Maury? Uh, real quick to go back. <laughs> this is actually a weapon that we got directly from the Golden Age. The Graviton Lances. Yes, mm-hmm. this is one that we we did not modify nearly at all. This was, uh, and I know you mentioned that you were really taken with the Chicago concept art. Well. Guess what? Mm-hmm. This is where that's where this weapon came from. Well, and ironically, the story that's following this also kind of follows how the first atomic uh, bomb was made mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. With those tiny black holes. Those tiny black holes. Which, speaking of that, is the perk is black hole and the trait is cosmology. Um, and basically, what this one does is the perk. Does third shot of burst rips a hole through space time, doing high damage and recoil with no fall off, which is a big important thing. And then the trait will what happens is when you kill with this weapon, it causes the enemy to detonate, which is basically Firefly without the precision requirement. Um, right. Which is what makes this is this was cheap, a close cheap Firefly. 
Yeah, this this is a second pulse rifle that almost made me switch to doing pulse rifles, but no, no, this one sounds this sounds really weird. Like this one has a really weird sound. Mm -hmm. If you if you could pocket the void into a gun and and put it through a series of tubes, you've got the internet. What? Anyway, the. What? Only thing otherwise about it is how much force it actually like blows back the target on that third shot. It's like ridiculous. It's not yeah. your typical firefly. It it punches. Yeah, like it. Oh yeah, the explosion. Like the the yeah. area of effect of the explosion. Yeah, it's well, got a, and it it's also got a good kick. it does push them back as well before they actually explode. So you know it actually lasts longer than the show did. <laughs> don't, oh. make me, don't make me cry. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're not, that friends. Was not We're not friends anymore. Well, you know, sometimes I got to get some digs in and remind people that, <laughs> that every, that, all right, all right, I got to get this other pun in. So as, as it would appear, Sagira lasts a shorter time than Wash does. Just putting that out there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> And Beard has suddenly disappeared from the podcast. (laughs) I don't know what happened. We cut the internet out. Like he was a leaf on the wind. I was going to say, she didn't even have enough time to float like a leaf on the wind. (laughs) Let's go go to hard light now. Wait a minute. Speaking of people losing internet. Oh, there he is. Never mind. He's back. He's fine. He he's he's back. He's fine. That upset me. Can you tell It was just hysterical timing. I'm sorry. We'll move on. Uh, uh, ping pong gun. Ping pong gun. Ping pong gun of death. Ping pong. Uh, Wait, this is, can we call it a wash? Too, it's Let's too just much. call it a wash. Let's uh, move on. Uh, oh. <laughs> see? I really liked using it for Crota. Yeah. Yes. That's about where I'm at with it. That's about where oh, I'm at with it. it. <laughs> it's admittedly very different and and I'll actually read down the perks here because it's one of my favorite guns. Uh the uh intrinsic perk is called volatile light. Uh the additional trait is that you can actually switch it back and forth between arc solar or void cores. And mm-hmm. this is actually something that's very intrinsic and uh very typical of Amelon in general. Uh they actually build up these cores for themselves as well as also build up the uh the liquid ammo displays. It's still very argued what you actually shoot out of an Amelon weapon if that liquid is actually utilized to fire, uh or if there is anything different that they, they kinda use, if that polymer is kind of transferred as typical. But I know my theory has been that they've always converted that liquid into a uh yeah, into some kind of like physical bullet, and that's why it drains. But that's different from hard light because hard light doesn't have any kind of like moving components. You'll actually physically see on um, the the uh, the stupid th- the the future is chrome the ornament yes. that they utilize. Uh, what I love about this ornament is that it is a full. It's a it's a total dig, by the way, towards towards Apple because they all said that it was like a a few the future is chrome, um, and they utilize that on like everything. The freaking jerks. Anyway, the way that they kind of put this together though is that they actually showcase the core in a different manner. 
and you can actually see it change color. Uh, and I love that because it does, again, showcase the difference between this liquid and how the cores work as well. But we don't see, if I remember right, any other weapons that really utilize the core system except for hard light. Hard light is also something that you can kind of dig into with the uh, with Amalon as a uh, – as a faction or as a foundry, because you start to really see what they're kind of about. They're salesmen before they're anything else, and they released this weapon. They released this weapon. They make it and everything as a very short supplied weapon. So again, they're kind of following this basic principles of you know pre golden age releases like Apple. You <laughs> freaking jerks! Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey! I'm tired of all the Amalan salt. It's not Amalon salt. It's just apple salt. It's complete <laughs> apple salt. This is what happens when you work in the freaking phone industry, man. I like apples and salt. Anyway. Together? Uh-huh. Not Green apple, too. like Granny oh. Smith and salt is amazing. That's fair. That is fair. No, it's like a... It's like sw- sw- sour and a- sweet and salty on it. Anyway, side, side, side thing. I'm running the risk <laughs> of actually getting off track. Oh, God. <laughs> Side. Uh, no. So, anyways, wrist runner. Just the grunts. Yeah. Wrist no. Runner. No. I'm just. I'm not going with it. I know. I thought you were going to keep going with it. I didn't no. want to interrupt your flow. You finally got a segue. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I guess we had the risk that you were just going to drop the ball. <laughs> the risk that I'm going to run into a dead end. Oh, I guess there not <laughs> Brick walls. <laughs> so, anyways, wrist runner. Jokes. I mean, the... I've... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go go ahead. I'll shut up. I will shut up. For Risk one time runner... in my life, okay. I will shut up. Risk Runner is like the checklist for Top Gun. Yeah. It's written like yeah, a few the... other Grimoire cards we've had, too. It's true. Yeah. I'm going to say there's, I don't know, there's, there's, I didn't see much to really talk about with the gun, personally. It's, it's just a... Uh... It's a check system, but it it kind of feels uh, as stupid as it is in a way, very similar to how the Mita readout would be. Mm-hmm. But that's the closest thing that I've seen. Otherwise, that's very similar to it. Uh, and again, there's kind of the they they talk about the arc core, and I'm almost wondering if it isn't like some kind of like Amalon change or predisposition. But looking at the uh, the cartridge system off the or not cartridge system, but the actual arc conductors off the back. Uh, I get a very uh, fusion rifle kind of sense from this thing. And I definitely feel like it's more of like a, a pocket infinity core system uh, or the sleeper simulant cores as well. Uh, there's that that texturing that kind of feels similar. And I don't know if there's any significance just calling it out. But I would like to point out that there are three bayonets in the front of this thing and we never get to stab anybody with it. <laughs> kind of feeling like it's freaking, you know, what was that called? Uh, De- uh, Red Death? No, not Red Ugh. Death. Well, Red Death had it, but it was also um, Monte you Carlo. Oh, Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo mm-hmm. had it, that too. Was, that was the one that had, like, the giant bayonet that you never got to. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the perks are, the perk uh, is Arc Conductor, and the super trait is Super Conductor. And basically what happens is for the perk, you take Arc Damage and you increase your weapon power. And then when Arc Conductor is active, the trait kicks in, and it basically says that Shots fired have the chance to become chain lightning and return ammo. Uh, mm-hmm. And so basically that's where the, the the little slogan of this might hurt comes into play. Mm. 
And Literally then, having like infinite ammo with this thing is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and then also, um, I forgot to make a comment about this on Sweet Business, but uh, Sweet Business was in the beta as the Titan weapon. Risk Runner was in the Be- Destiny 2 beta as the Warlock weapon. Um, and then we'll get to the Hunter weapon here in a second. But the next one up is Skyburner's Oath, which is a scout rifle. Uh, and, and this it one looks like a like a spray paint. It looks like a slug. It looks like a, it a looks slug. like a paintball gun. Well, it looks like the the slug rifle from the Cabal. Mm, um, that's true. And so, what this one is is it's got perks. The perk is slug rifle, and then the trait is for the Empire. The perk basically what this does is it fires sol- solar slugs that get stronger when aiming down sights, and then the trait gives it weapon full auto and extra damage to Cabal, and it ignores the phalanx shields. So you can shoot through the phalanx shields and get extra damage on Cabal. So it's it's one of those exotic weapons that is extremely situational, but because Destiny 2 is mostly about Cabal, that situational is actually pretty useful. Green. Maury? So oh. I thought the, the card for this was really interesting, because uh, the first time I read this through, I didn't really catch it, where it said, I shot my own squad on Phobos when mm-hmm. death came to wear us like armor. I'm like, why does that matter? But it was like, oh, he was shooting the Taken. So this gun, well, the inscription that is written on this gun is post the Taken King. So this is a relatively recent uh, acquisition by yes. the Red Legion coming against us. Well, and it's also like the the card also kind of notes that, or no, wait, I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking of a different card. Hang on. Um. This card definitely is from the perspective of a cabal. Yeah, yeah. The, I was thinking. I was thinking of a different. I thought I was thinking of one that actually called out the the uh, resistance to Gaul. Um, but this one is uh, just the is the Gauls or the cabal's perspective of like you didn't die, therefore you won. What was like, the name of the ship that ran into the dreadnought? Because that has actually mentioned this. The. Um, Date? No, wasn't no, it the date? No, it wasn't. No, it's mentioned in one of the missions. I thought it was the Daedrus uh, Three. Was it the Daedrus Three? It's no, something. It, it's it something three. The but, three. But uh, he said he rode the Primus's ship that ran Dantalan. the Hive Dreadnought. Dantalan. Dantalan. There we go. Dantalian. Dantalian Exodus. Yeah. There you go. That's thank what you, it was. dancing, dancing Veru and Chad. So, yay! Thank you, hun. Um, it says I rode the Primus's ship that rammed the hive. So there was a Primus on board that ship when it yes. went and did the beachhead. Yep. Which is also interesting, I think. Well, that was the one that that uh, was the one I that got was taken. actually taken. That taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the Shield the, Brothers. Yes, I guess saying they were like, "Hey, give us it back, or or we or we blow the ship," as Kate said. Right. Mm-hmm. Give us the Primus. Can we talk well, about we my one of my favorite hand cannons that I yep. actually like to use? And this is actually the one okay. that I was mentioning earlier. This is the hunter weapon from the Destiny 2 beta. It's Sun it's all shot. it's it's all Go full green. of the sun's light. Yes. And it looks like a raspberry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yes, it, unless you get the does. red dwarf ornament. Yeah, and then it's completely it? different with is that. Is it a lucky template. raspberry? No, that's the armor. 
So, so the uh, the perk and the trait on the sunshot, real quick, is sunburn and sunblast. Uh, basically, what this weapon does is fires explosive rounds and also highlights enemies that take damage that don't don't get killed. And then any target that's killed with a we- killed with this weapon will explode in solar energy. So this is like a super powerful firefly again without the precision requirement. And if you look at the gun itself, like the picture of the gun, you can see the scorch marks mm-hmm. of the what how much heat is coming off of it. It actually gives that like cool it also, radiating burn marks. It also heats up as you fire it. So by mm-hmm. the time by the time you have to reload, if you wait until it's fully empty, the clip is fully empty, it's a bright angry red. Which I love by the end of it because it's actually like a uh Sunspot. It's kind of a, a touch of a nod towards yeah sunspot, and then also mm. how fusion would work because it's like belting that all outward, so oh, the core yeah. is full, and then it ends up getting red hot by the end of it. I love it, <laughs> Maury. What do you what do you the, have? Oh, yeah, sorry, Maury, yeah, yeah. Before I keep gushing, yeah. Well, I this is an interesting weapon um, because it was made by a mercenary, and one of the things mm. like we were talking about before, like the new lore that I want to explore is what happened, like before the city and what's happening outside of the city. And I want to know how the Vanguard feels about us using this weapon, a mercenary's mm-hmm. weapon. A sunbreaker's versus going weapon. To, yeah, sunbreaker's versus going weapon, to a foundry, yeah. versus doing all this stuff. So it'll be interesting. Admittedly, I think they're, they're mostly okay with it in a lot of ways because there are a few other uh, pieces of equipment that kind of follow suit with the sunbreakers. Uh, yeah. Hollowfire is another big one, I think, that kind of goes along with it because and the uh, I believe Lou... Yeah, and the sun bracers because uh, Lu Fang is mentioned several different times within the new lore, which I love. Right, uh, the fact that they're kind of expanding on this this newer character within it is is pretty awesome. Uh, but the the only other big thing that I find that's kind of interesting is actually looking at the uh, the white and the grip and everything, uh, having those marks that are all over the thing. Uh, those are basically like uh, constellation points. They're mm-hmm. they're meant to kind of signify a point in a map, which we see a couple other places throughout the uh, throughout the game now or throughout Destiny Two. Uh, there are the the strange coin like things that actually exist now too that kind of have the same markings. Uh, and I don't I doubt there's any direct connection to them, but the significance of star maps is definitely found a little bit more uh, popularly through weapons and gear now. Yep. And um I think that one I think that wraps up the energy weapons actually. Mm-hmm. So, we got just to go back over real quick, uh we had Cold Heart, Fighting Lion, Graviton Lance, Hard Light, Risk Runner, Skyburner's Oath and Sunshot. Um the interesting thing for me on the energy weapons is that it evenly is distributed in the energy spectrum. Uh, you have two arc, two void, and two solar with one that actually fluctuates all through through all three. So you have a perfectly even even distribution, which is not the case for the power weapons. Um, not even close. Not Just powering even... on through, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. Gosh. <sighs> so starting uh, with heavy. starting with the one that just <sighs> borealis is everyone is the Borealis sniper rifle. <laughs> I hate you all, Ruth. I one of you. These puns are terrible. Um, so the Borealis is one that I don't know how it, how it works, though I've heard really cool things about it. 
because uh, you know those snobs over on PlayStation won't give it to us. Um, uh, the per- if it helps, right I don't console. have it. I just need to keep playing. Anyways, keep telling myself I can get it. <laughs> Green, Green's like, well, I just, the, I'm just. Hmm. <laughs> the perk is the fundamentals, and the trait is Ionic Return. And basically, what this does is, if you hold down, I don't know what that is, square. It changes square, the yeah. weapon weapon damage type, cycling between arc, Devil's solar, and square. Healing. I'll hide yeah. them. It's our X, I think. Is it their X? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like um, a square, like a square button. Um, and then the trait is if you break an enemy shield, it transfers one bullet from your reserve to your magazine. Um, so my understanding is it's just like hard light, except you have to hold down a button to change instead of you actually going into the skill tree to change it. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. the base difference. In my and it's a sniper rifle, with it. obviously. Right, obviously. Yeah, I, I almost feel like they need to, to alter that and add it into hard light. I don't know why they, they have it on here and they don't have it elsewhere. Yeah, like, as I was reading that, be, I was actually like, like, why don't they just put that on hard light? Um, yeah, you know. The, let's see, it is, it is a result of a project, uh, basically, that you're and this is all in the lore entry. Um, it basically contains a pocket energy matrix that is capable of changing its alignment in near instant to mimic the spectral frequency of mapped energy types. So this is uh, very interesting um, implications on the uh, the nature of light and energy, the way that it works, because it actually does point to... I don't know, wasn't there someone on this team that was talking about light as a spectrum? Uh, yeah. The person who's changed his name on yeah. Discord, or not Discord, but on uh, Twitch. Twitch, apparently. Yeah, Twitch Twitch has uh, opened up name changes, so... So we might... So we might, we might get confusing. But, um, so yeah, so it basically talks about how this is very similar. It doesn't change the core, though. It changes the energy matrix, so that might be lore-wise why the hard light doesn't have the same quick functionality. Um, so yeah, that, that's the same there. Um, I don't really have anything. I mean, Bore- Borealis, you were just talking about star maps. Uh, Borealis is obviously another kind of nod to that, not the star map mm-hmm. itself, but, um, that's, that's really all I got off of, off of that one simply because I, I can't allow myself to care too much about it since I can't get it. Oh. Well, I mean, as as soon as you end up having redacted at any part, you're just like, oh, God, why? <laughs> well, okay. Isn't... Anyway, I'm sure Rhino will find some stuff on it because that man is really good about finding weapon lore, yes. like, re- like relations to weapon lore. But I know somebody's been dying to talk about the next gun all night long, and she's even put it in our chat to say that she wants to talk about it first. So go ahead, hon. I want to thank you for using the data analysis reconnaissance and cooperation intelligence device. You may call me Darcy. I love this gun. Uh, not just because of the lore, but also because of the way it sounds. I feel like this is the best sounding gun in all of Destiny 2 right now. Um, I think, and this is where I want to add it to the mind map, is that I think this is the sister or cousin gun to super good advice. Yeah. Um, because both of them are part of the community of intelligent armaments or the CIA. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. This it's just the sassiness of this gun. Like I really wish we had a similar uh, mission to get this gun, and maybe there is because it just dropped from an Ingram for me that we had for super good advice. Where we had like a sassy uh, so far, gun we had to yeah. Deal so with. far, I think the Ingrams are the only way to get Darcy. Mm-hmm. Yes, that we yeah, know of. No quest line or anything. I want a sassy gun quest line. A sassy gun. Yeah, I want I want fail safe and a gun to argue with each other. Oh dear God! <laughs> Which part of fail safe? Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, Beard. There are a couple of uh, very interesting features on Darcy to kind of point out, though, because we do see the uh, tubes that are actually feeding into it. Uh, The question can be, of course, what it is that's actually feeding through it, except for possibly telemetry data. Uh, The other big thing that I will also point out is that the scope is kind of boxed and there is no actual scope on the thing. It is, again, sensory data. When you actually have this thing, though, on the – it it should be pointed out the ornament – is kind of interesting because it actually turns it into a very Vex type theme. Originally, I just kind of passed it off as like a, a HAL 9000 kind of nod, uh, but there are actually some uh, extra hints to it being a Vex theme, especially on the uh, the scope. Somebody had to point it out to me, but on the, the corners, there actually is Hydra imagery. Or not Hydra. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What? Hail, hail Hydra. What? <laughs> hail what? <laughs> but yes, uh, that was... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was just like my immediate response. <laughs> hey <Hey-oh. laughs> No, that was uh, that was actually pointed out to me, and it was a, a great little nod. I'm I'm not sure if there is any significance there. I'm not sure if they're like trying to say that it is uh, based off of some kind of Vex tech, but I, I guess in a way, so would SGA, only because Pahanan popped out from Boulder Glass and made it, or alternative, we don't know, because timey wimey. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, that's the biggest thing that i kind of see with darcy i'm i'm still interested on these tubes because these tubes they're they're a series of tubes for one thing but they also are uh, very similar to what the uh the ideas would be from the the new osiris weapons as well i never made this gun had bad cable management <laughs> yeah uh, but they also had a personal assistant yes yeah. they did because that and, is what and it would see it would seem that Darcy is a very dirty girl. Oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so the the per- the perk in the trade is personal assistant and target acquired. Uh, the perk, basically, if you aim at an enemy, you see their health and their other critical information. And then when the personal assistant is active, the weapon has better target acquisition and deals more precision damage. And yep. green, I know you wanted Yay. to say something. My turn. Okay, okay so the the Pasacalia, which is towards the end of the card or end of yes. the entry, yeah. is actually a dramatic um, style of music from Spain or also used in dances. So it's yes. literally the, the, the drama of combat, the dramatic dance of combat is what they're essentially saying there. So that's a little bit of music history, though, for you. Um, so jumping to, well, Legend of Acrius. This is a pretty quick and easy one, um, because mm-hmm. it's been actually discussed quite a bit by different people. 
mm-hmm. but the way that you get this weapon is either through the world eater or on the comms quest reward and the perk and the additional traits are shock blast and long march perk basically says that the weapons fire blast of high damage arc energy that over penetrate targets and then the trait you detect enemies on radar from further away so it basically increases your your radar detection um basically this is a play off this is the cabal's play off of the icarus legend with a little bit of a different ending um, uh, yeah as as car as tyra's like the cabal are not a subtle subtle people <laughs> it also Love is it. basically exact like it seems to be the exact um inspiration to a lot of what gaul sees about what his what his role as the the leader or the dominus you know it, it explains a little bit of that that view of domination and of how they handle power um but yeah so yeah and it's it's like I, like I said, it's basically the legend of Icarus, or not Icarus. Um, You're right. No, You're say Daedalus, not, and Icarus. Daedalus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daedalus and Icarus. Yeah. No, I was thinking of the. Um, why did I just blank? The sun god, Helios's son. Oh. The chariot. The chariot. Yeah. Ares, not yeah. Ares. Um, uh, Apollo. Apollo. There well, we go. No, 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 no. The mortal no, son. I just. Um, but anyways, the uh, Helios' yeah, son, who who stole or well, who was basically given his father's chariot and destroyed the earth. Um, yeah. It's it's a, it's kind of like a combination of those two uh, myths. But whereas within humanity and within real life, the myths have a very humble ending and a very strong emphasis on you know be wary the legend of acrius is very much more grab the power and take it take what is yours you know basically very very aggressive domination and so that's where again you kind of get the the understanding of kind of how the cabal see that nature or how they see the true meaning of what it is to be powerful and stuff well, and it, it ends up, I think, perfectly from what they have here with Tyra. I must mm-hmm. also note here that while linguistic analysis of the Cabal language and its dialects is incomplete, they do not appear to have a word for the concept of hubris. Yeah. And the question would effectively be, how would our stories, how would we act if our tales and our ways that we put all our stuff together basically turn to what the Cabal were like? Would, would we turn more warlike as well? Uh, we have these very humble ideas in the way that we were like selected, if you will, uh, especially by the traveler. But this kind of tale basically counteracts that I- that idea of why the the cabal may not uh, may have been overlooked because they're not humble in some kind of manner. Well, they don't well, have understand. Yeah, no, so go, sorry. If go, you don't go have, yeah, if, if you don't have the concept of it, right, it's mm-hmm. hard to have a word for it, and it's you can kind of see that in. Right a lot of the language languages we have in the real world. There's some Mm -hmm. languages that have multiple words to be able to describe the same concept we have in English. They can describe it in various different ways. Even think about the word love. There's Mm -hmm. so many Mm -hmm. different like ways to describe love, even though in English we only have that one word instead of like agape and some of the other types. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Dancing in chat also makes the point that it could explain why Gaul wanted the Traveler, and that was in order to become the sun. 
Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, he did, he did become the sun, but you know, the problem with burning bright is that you burn fast and that's exactly what he did. So, I mean, again, again, really, really cool lore entry on legend of Acrius. I really suggest visiting Ishtar and reading some of these. Um, but just for the sake of time up next, we have merciless, which I believe beard you had mentioned. You really like this one. Do you want to kind of talk about this? One? Oh, yes. So the intrinsic perk uh, is called conserve momentum. And the additional uh, trait is called impetus. Uh, the perk non-lethal hits with projectiles make weapon charge faster until wielder gets a kill. Uh, and then the trait details reloading immediately after a kill increases dam- uh, weapon damage for a short time. Basically, it's just kill, 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 kill. This thing has one thing in mind, and that is basically its purpose. And that's what's in a way kind of scary about this gun. Uh, we're starting to see more and more of these weapons that are that are called smart weapons for a reason. These weapons effectively have the understanding of what they are there to do. They have the initial idea of, okay, I am here in order to do a specific task and a specific job. Uh, super good advice to kind of fit that mm. that single bill, but you have to prove its idea of being worthy. Darcy is another one, proving yourself to be worthy. And Merciless is kind of this different idea, this different means of kind of uh, fitting that bill, but more in a primitive way. Because it doesn't seem like it has a voice. So in that respect, the way that this gun is put together, it's just there to say, I need to kill, and killing is my entire purpose. The actual scheme, the the color scheme that they kind of give it, it's either a blue or a white. Uh, once again, I have to call out like the fusion cores and everything on there too, and the the emblem that is down on the magazine, or the, I guess, not necessarily the magazine, but actually on the... Uh, charge pack. The, the the charge pack yeah we'll call it that uh that's what kind of sticks out to me as kind of being weird because i don't recall seeing that anywhere unless anybody knows of anything else but this weapon seems like it's from an unknown manufacturer uh and the the author itself is also kind of unknown green you had anything to add there's also an emblem or at least it kind of looks like an emblem towards the top in the center like in the yellow, direct, yeah. Mm-hmm, in the yellow, which you, I can't get a clear enough shot because I don't have the large photo pulled up right now. But mm. the other thing I'd like to note is that this uh, lore entry is actually from an unknown author, which I always find to be intriguing, even though some it's like it could be just a one-off type thing. But the fact that, yeah, what you were talking about, it's meant to destroy. It meant, it's meant to be destructive. And the mm-hmm. last couple of lines is like, these are the questions we ask ourselves while engineering the initial prototype, the answers we found. I think you'll agree. We're encouraging. They, there's a scientific, almost uh, Clovis Bray feel to this gun. Exactly. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that it was like uh, kind of derived within an, an Ishtar lab or a Clovis Bray lab of some kind, something to that effect. Uh, and then to, uh, I guess it would just come down to kind of looking into those emblems a little bit further, because mm-hmm. I do get the feeling that especially off of the, the charge pack or the rounding, uh, I do get this very war mind idea on on how it was uh, 
kind of put together or or what they were influenced by. But there is a type of primitive AI that is within this. And the only other thing that kind of displays that, of course, would end up being something like the Mita weapons. Both of the Mitas, the or at least the uh, the mini tool, has a very uh, actually no, both of them have a very uh, stated uh, primitive AI system that they both utilize. Uh, and this one just has one specific goal that it needs to constantly improve upon. And it does on its intrinsic perk and on its additional perk. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both go hand in hand, which I find is is very interesting and very well put together uh, idea for the gun. But it's also the replacement for Pocket Infinity, which basically proves that we're never going to get it again. They were so obsessed with the question of if they could, they never stopped to think about if they should. Yep. Can we talk about uh, text mechanics? <laughs> I'm just gonna let that. I'm gonna let that hang because I know we're gonna go back to that at some point, and it's such uh-huh. a trap. That Listen, if uh, if Blue wants to stand on the shoulders of giants and call himself Look, Justin, just because you've been away doesn't mean you have to humor Blue every chance you can. Gosh. (laughs) So you want to talk about the prospector? Yeah, the one that looks like it's got horns. Mm -hmm. Which the sights on this are kind of ridiculous. Actually, funny point on the the ornament, too, but go ahead. Oh, gosh, the ornament, yeah. Mm -hmm. This one, I mean, a prospector wasn't old tight old tiny type pickaxe guy pickaxe guy mining guy they were prospecting for gold and for other various things and that's kind of what the card talks about and i mean this the thing's got gold filigree and it looks a lot like a gun we used to have that i actually really really liked not that i'm salty or anything that all those gun types are gone but you know i wonder if this one has some of the same history that that particular gun had i know that one particularly came from Amanda Holiday and her mm-hmm. mother's design. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to know if this one has a similar background, considering it's very... Are you talking about the chaperone? I yeah, know, I which, is also, which is also very interesting because it's, it's the chaperone, the prospector. It's Tex right. Mechanica. It's the style of naming right. that they have. I'm going to say the last word, the first mm-hmm. curse. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know more about where this design came from. Yeah, I'm going to say, considering Tex Mechanica themselves, outside of uh, just uh, Amanda Holiday, has actually partnered with a couple others within the city uh, to create weapons or attempts to be it through bribes or otherwise. Uh, But they do try their best to actually work with the uh, the talent within the city, which you don't necessarily, uh, necessarily find a lot of in... Uh, the foundries in general, which I love about Tex Mechanica. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just love the fact that the, the getting back to what I was mentioning before with the ornament name, they call it call it the Comstock load. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of funny that they talk about Comstock with this thing, uh, just just with the the tiebacks to like wealth and everything like that. It's just a, a, a cute little cute little call out. Mm-hmm. We next have the. Gun that the FWC was actually, weapon. Well, is it what? FWC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, really? the word the of coil. coil. Yeah, yeah, the word yeah. coil. I know yeah. that was. I know it was data mined in Destiny One, and we never got it. But now that we mm-hmm. have it in Destiny Two, it's just Hammett. Hammett looks, is a occultist. Yep. Looks so weird. I actually, I mean, it works well, really well. Well, the reason, okay, so so the reason it looks so weird is because it was literally jury rigged with duct tape and random pieces from mm-hmm. a, a weapons lab. If <laughs> MythBusters could have a weapon, this would be <laughs> this, it. This would be it. They named an incident after the creation of this weapon. The Wardcliffe incident. And it's literally, yep. he got chased into, I think, what was it, a weapons lab? Was it a weapons lab? Yeah. Yeah. A, weapon, yeah, he, a weapons actually... lab. And he's like being, he's running out of ammo. And there's all these fallen that basically are have quartered him inside this weapons lab. And it's Ham- Hammett. And he basically looks around and he was like, eh, I could probably cobble together things. And he says, war cultist, <laughs> arm thyself. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a, it, if it doesn't work, well, please name the creator after me. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the lore well, on that one. Just because ingenuity, desperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just love the fact that they they do talk about like what this thing actually fires. Catacaustic quark gluon coils, which, which I'm just sitting here going like, no. "Oh my god, this wonderful freaking science speak is beautiful." Well, and that's why the perk is called the Mad Scientist. Yeah, exactly. And 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 just why I'm a, a war cultist. Just want to point that out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the ornament. Yeah, yeah. The ornament on this one is Tesla's revenge. Yeah, really. Maybe maybe it's love this. Yeah, this weapon has final, so many that's funny the things. Final up yours, right yeah. there. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it's Hammett Tesla. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then finally, we have one of Green's favorite ones. It's just funny. <laughs> we just call it the boop gun. The boop gun. Yes. That's that's what the our chat gun. our chat has decided that it's the boop gun. Is mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't the only one. It's the portal gun. <laughs> Yeah, except it's like it's Portal and it's like Half Life, which admittedly is the same yeah. universe. But it's right. like it's it's the it's the gravity gun from Half Life, but it's locked in the it's locked mm-hmm. into the push mode. So right. it means you can't pick up you can't pick up bandsaws and use them. Aww. Which Sad. I will have to say, using this gun in Crucible on the maps that have a cliff. Oh my god. Is amazing. <laughs> if you have even not you, tried this, you should definitely try this. Even Although, if you can't, just smack them into a wall for God's sake and they're dead. Can I just also point out the fact that it's called a tractor cannon, which is a generally a pull? Mm-hmm. Like I know like it, it mm-hmm. does push mm-hmm. and pull, but we don't have any pull function with this. We only have the push function. It makes with me this. really sad. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Again, I, gravity yeah. gravity gun so, for Half Life. If you've ever played Half Life yeah. and you play with a gravity you, gun, does it make you Lucio from Overwatch? Yes, it pretty it, does. it pretty much it really does. does. Like except so the, for not the best range. Like it's shorter range yeah, than the Lucio and you don't get gun. rollerblades. You don't get rollerblades. Um, uh, you can't wall run. No. Mm-hmm. So the perk is called uh, Repulsor rough. Force, and what this does is this weapon fires a powerful pulse to push enemies away. Um, and then basically if you, your trait is called the scientific method, which is if you damage an enemy, you temporarily increase speed and handling. 
green. Can I also say that this is actually one of the my favorite little lore stories? Lore, so, yeah, I, I know. Yes. I, yeah, <laughs> just because it has Chioma in it and Maya, who was who was a bodybuilder. Yeah, apparently. they got yeah. into an argument about deadlifting, which for those <laughs> most of you probably know what a deadlift is. But there's a lot of contention in fitness world that deadlift could be a not essential lift, which I totally do not ascribe to. I I love deadlifting. I think it's a, I think it's a really good lift. But uh that's what they were arguing about whether or not it was necessary or practical and why Chioma makes so much noise while doing it. Well, <laughs> So deadlift, you, you're using your glutes to lift it. You're using your butt to lift it, essentially. If, if you use anything other than your glutes, you're doing it wrong. Yes. You also hurt yourself. And a lot of people who do the deadlift make a lot of noise. And Maya just couldn't stand the notion that some things were done for their own sake, not because they had any use. Later, when they joined Istra Collective on Venus, the first, like, the Vex. they were studying. Uh-huh. The Vex code leaping across an air gap, surfing the quantum vacuum from simulation to reality, infecting a utility frame. Chioma pulled an alarm while Maya tried to grab the precious frame with a cargo-grade gravity grapple. She couldn't lift the grapple. Chioma <laughs> grabbed it, pinned the frame to the wall, and won the argument. I mean, the fact that she <laughs> doesn't prove it until they're actually working together and just picks it up. Because <laughs> she's decades been later, later, decades, mm-hmm. this argument is still going on. Yeah, she I'm not going to comment on this. She won. It's like picking up a bife. You have to deadlift mm-hmm. to pick up a bife. <laughs> He's a big dude. He is a big, a dude. big dude. And Bell has still challenged me to try to do that, which I need to start <laughs> getting to the gym if I'm going to actually do that. All right. Hey, now he's been working out. Don't you dare! No, that means no, he's not that. That means he's even bigger. That means. Exactly. <laughs> Muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah, a lot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we weren't calling him fat. He's just—I mean, like no. he's just a he's big a tall man. Guy. I know. He's very. He's very tall. He's very big. Mm-hmm. And I have his I'm in the, is this the forum for Destiny 2? It's called the Salt Mines. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Ooh, in uh, the Reddit he's in pages. Salt's work. He's in Salt's work. He's working through the, the story. Yeah. I'm doing Zua's work. <laughs> um, all right, so that closes out the power weapons. And I think that is a pretty good place to move to dispatches, which we actually have a few of. If you guys are okay with that nice. as a summary view of, of the weapons. Now, obviously, we, again, if anyone's mad because we didn't really go into a weapons lore, we had 19 of them to go through. So, again, this was an introduction. <laughs> we had an introduction. If you guys have a particular weapon or a particular topic on the weapons that you want us to dive into more, let us know and we will put it on the poll and you also, know definitely definitely have that as an option. Oh that's right. It would, it would Blue not told be... me not to tell people to suck it anymore. I'm sorry. It's my fault. What was that, Green? I was just gonna say it would not be far put to guess that you're going uh, to put 
like kinetic weapons on the pole or yeah, I might, energy uh, weapons. I might we, break like, down the classification, right? I might break down classifications mm-hmm. of exotics into exotic kinetic, exotic energy and exotic power. Um, but again, that's still, I mean, that's what five, five weapons, six weapons and eight weapons. I mean, that's still mm-hmm. pretty, pretty light dive into some of those. So if there's a particular topic that anyone wants, please, please, please let me know. And I will put that, that particular topic on the poll. I'm more than happy to do that. But um, real quick, let's the let's run th- of intelligence armaments, <laughs> CIA government, <laughs> the government, the government. You want you want to talk about? No, that's that's a dangerous topic. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that transcends into I'm politics saying, really easily. And, uh, rules, rules oh, overall. Here we go. In Here the we go. absence of the speaker, oh my gosh, you will get some really great chaos and anarchy. Some really I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Have you have you have you poked at some of those scannables in the tower to, <laughs> to see how Hawthorne's like? Hey. Anyway. Dispatches. Dispatches. Yes, dispatches. All right. Here's, here's Quickly. Dispatches. Save me from myself. Dispatches from the wilds. All right, so we got we have actually three really good ones. Uh, the last one actually has a question, and uh, Justin, you're you're allowed to not answer the question because it has to do with something okay, you might not know. Um, so the first one is from Millie. We got another email from Millie, and he says, "I'll get you guys another update on my journey through Destiny with my girlfriend, Sleepy Josephine, or Sleepy Joe, or Sleepy Works too." For now, I want to tell you about the threats of I'll punch you, or for now, I will tell you that the threats of I'll punch you in the face have quadrupled in real life because she, <laughs> she plays a Titan. Um, my rank with Dead Orbit in Destiny 1 was well over 100. We checked and it was over. It was actually 157. So I'm, I'm completely OK with being friends with him now. Um, I'm not totally sure on the exact number, but I can get back to you on that. Lore wise, this is this is a cool part. Lore wise, I lean their way because I see the importance of having a giant fleet as well as needing to expand. I also love the idea of deep space exploration, and some of their grimoire cards in Destiny One are my favorite, especially A one one three. Love, love, love that kind of stuff. However, I disagree strongly with them on completely abandoning Earth. In that aspect, I strongly agree with New Monarchy that we need to hold the city, hold Earth, and try to restore our golden age. I think that we can do that as well as expand and continue to explore deep space. <laughs> Future war cult are just a bunch of lunatics and they are irrelevant. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> the wow, only thing God. that's irrelevant is around here is that dispatch. <laughs> I'm kidding, oh, Billy. That was, a, that was a great dispatch. So I'm going to read the next one. And then, and then uh, next is actually a surprise for Millie. It's actually from Sleepy Joe herself, Millie's girlfriend. And she says, Hey, guys, it's Sleepy Joe here, Millie's girlfriend. I know he's been writing into you guys for a while now, and I figured I'd give a little update myself to surprise him. So I've never really played video games before. I was pretty weary about starting because I knew he loved Destiny, and I didn't want to play and end up not liking it. But it turns out I love it. I'm trying to start a hunter now so we can play as hunters together. I even made it human so that we have the same dance. We also both have lucky pants. We also just... Oh, keep going. Keep going. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> we also just bought a second copy of Destiny 1 so I can get all caught up. Thank you so much for listening and taking an interest in our story. These are the best people ever. Uh, I, I really like mm-hmm. these people. I, I really like these people. 
All right, now keep it up, Sleepy. You 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 go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one that we have is Twin Tuition. Uh, and he says, hello, I'm Chris, though you can find me on Xbox as Twin Tuition. I am an Air Force veteran, and I really appreciated your thanks on your Titans episode. So just as a side, no thank you. Um, mm-hmm. You don't, yes, you don't you. need to Seriously. thank us. Um, and he goes, oh, on, yeah. he goes on, he says, I've been playing Destiny since D1 launch. I'm a casual player. You have, to, you have gotten me back into the lore, and I find myself logging in just to hunt for new scannables. I play Destiny for fun and therapy. By immersing myself in the game and becoming my character, it helps me forget about my PTSD and depression and enjoy life. My question for you guys is this. When we kill the Fallen in D2, is the reason why there is the, the mist that looks like their body when we killed them the very last of their light or their ether? I ask because the Fallen were, la- they were the last civilization that Traveler helped before mankind. Keep, up, keep your eyes up, Guardians. Titan Mane. So, oh boy. this is a loaded question that I think people have been debating since mm-hmm. the beta. I know we uh, have. I've yeah, I brought it up pretty early on too. Um, I, I don't know. Well, I yeah, I'll I'll put I'll I'll plant my flag on this. I okay. think it's either. Really? I'm, I'm no, because I mean, it, you are because like I can see that for the Destiny one. And the only reason I hesitate to to really strongly agree with that is that if you if you slow down the the animation, it is an actual like very, very close copy of what happened when we had our tra- when we had the Traveler's Light taken from us. Like it is a it is an ethereal copy of their frame, and it it changes based off the fallen that you've precision killed. Like a right, vandal has why a different they one. Lose their light at the same time. <laughs> well, we and see this this also ties into a larger argument of mine that Green and Beard and Justin are probably very familiar with is that I don't think that light is exclusive to anything that the traveler has. I think light is a universal constant. Um, but Green, yes. I know. Yes, I'm so with that. (laughs) (laughs) So, something I would also point out is the fact that you don't have the servitors or the shanks do the same thing. It's only the the only actual living beings that have this happen to them. The vandals, the drags, the captains—they have it. If you get a headshot kill on it, if it was ether, I would say that the The servitors servitors would explode with more. Right, because they're the ones who feed the ether mm-hmm. to everything else. They're the ones who's they're creating the ether for the rest of the fallen to actually consume, if that what? still applies. Wasn't there a thing in the European Dead Zone where they said they were running out of ether? Uh, yes, yes, there's an adventure. Yeah. There's an adventure where, and it's not just them. It's it's the Cabal are running out of theirs as well. Like all all the foreign elements, which makes sense because it's foreign elements. But the fallen have been running out of ether since we met them. Like, but they they are running since the reef wars and then some. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but yeah, there is a there is a uh, a mish adventure that has them stealing stuff from the farm. And then there's also the the mission on Titan in which you have the reactor, the one with the hidden ending that I managed to finally get. Um, <laughs> I know it's so cool. I love that. I love that ending. It is. It's but so um, the one where the captain is stealing the reactor engine to basically give to a servitor so that they can uh, like triple their output of ether is because they're having to dilute their ether so that it lasts longer. 
So yeah, they, they're. I mean, they are running out of ether. But I, I, I mean, I'm I'm with Green on that. If if it was if it was solely ether, I would expect that servitors especially would have like a massive exodus of that material. And Beard, I know you had. I know. I know. Beard has commented on this before. So, what do you? What are your thoughts Spit, on this? Spin one? foil caps on, guys. You ready for this one? <laughs> All right. So. We did see in Destiny 1 that uh, servitors do just kind of go boom. There is no ether that's kind of left over by them. Uh, they are converters of this uh, matter. Yes, I know I have 10 minutes. Good grief. Uh, <laughs> the idea, though, is that, yes, they're converters of it, but they have to do something to produce it. They don't store it. So okay, in that respect, fair. we kind of see that with some of the uh, other – uh, public events that we have that are out there, mm-hmm. like the the all too common uh, tr- uh, one where you do see the servitor and he has to go ahead and like produce it or transfer it, so on. Either case, either the large ones or the smaller ones, we don't see much of that. And we do pick up in a lot of the patrol missions that these uh, ether tanks are also empty. As another side note, we do see that a lot of dregs and even vandals don't have masks on. So there mm-hmm. are definitely some pieces here that kind of showcase they either don't need ether, which is another whole different spinfoil topic, or the soul that you see that kind of goes popping away is still ether, but I would argue that ether is light. And that light is basically a manifestation of the way that they're kind of putting everything together. It's the last remnants of what the uh, the traveler Traveling. had given to them and what they had effectively been able to keep uh, with the way that everything was kind of put together. That being said, servitors are made within the traveler's uh, overall uh, feature set. They're they're made in this sphere. And that is a very big uh, thing for the Fallen to kind of continue to go for. We see it on most of the uh, meteors or asteroids that they go to within the Reef War. They try to go to the most spherical to replenish their ether supply. So this stuff isn't necessarily just within the servitors. They can apparently replenish it through something within space, etc. And from what we know, yeah, there was a lot of like light that ended up hitting out, especially in the reef, and that would mean that there might be traces of it that are left. Again, I would kind of argue that ether is, at least in the sense that we have it here, ether to like what we have today is a, a type of chemical. It's used in in numbing pain and so on, which could kind of be the same idea. But if we take it from the idea that ether in the sense of the fallen is converted or some kind of chemical light. That's what could also kind of carry over. So I would almost say that it's both because we, of the nature of ether, the way that it's kind of put together. Point over. Go ahead, Green. We do know that you can manipulate light that is left over from the Traveler because we have a great example of that over on IO. Yes. Because Asher tries to manifest or tries to transfer light that is still left on io itself with that giant spewing i don't fountain of light inside of the base Mm -hmm. which is actually Mm -hmm. one of my favorite little adventures to run it's it's nice it's it's real nice to actually see that you can that light is something that is not just traveler given that things that were touched by the traveler still have an excess of light well, and we also know too, and I, I'm sorry if I cut you off at all or you were done. Um, no, you're good. The, uh, the way that the fallen were, uh, as was pointed out actually by uh, 
uh, uh, twin tuition, uh, he basically had said, yes, all things are, are effectively uh, touched by or have some kind of light within them. Even the protohive had some kind of light within them before they ended up giving themselves up. By all technicalities, even the hives still do have light within them. It's the uh, symbiote that is the, the darker touched aspect of them. Uh, but when all is said and done with this link to the light, the way that all things are kind of uh, put together, it, it's more of a it's a link to to life more than it is much else and if that is the case then yes you could easily go ahead and find some way to uh to utilize that life in different ways um i feel like i'm going to continue going down this spin foil path <laughs> way too far so i am going to shut up now <laughs> no I, and i mean like i said i was, I was messaging in chat crazy roll later eyes at me <laughs> light is mm-hmm. anima light is anima <laughs> It's just the animating force. Oh. So. No, Blue. Blue. What? what? I've never agreed more with your light as anima. Right? As, uh, I have, as as I have when I when I saw the, the cut scene where they mask the traveler. And you know, the starfish of death. Doll, yeah. And then, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the little the steps away from the, the physical. Right, right, yeah. I mean, yeah. For me, it's just like yeah. I mean, I and like, I mean, it Blue also. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Blue was uh, right. This is gonna suck for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even sprint. What is this? I can't jump. <laughs> you really? Where's my double jump? Where to go? Stupid. Oh, no, I had a double jump. I had quadruple <laughs> jump at one point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. fuck alright oops oops alright shout out time oops Maury what do you got <laughs> uh, my bad hello everybody I was super happy to be here thank you so much guys for having mm-hmm. me we need to do it again Lord chat mm-hmm. of course we need to do it again so in uh, a year I am the yeah in a year we'll just put sooner. it put it on our calendars sooner please <laughs> yes um, I am the community manager of the Dames of Destiny and all uh, women clan within yes! the Destiny community on all yes! consoles. So if yes. you are looking for a group of ladies to play with, uh, Sleepy Joe, looking at you, uh, <laughs> join us. Uh, I also do a semi-lore stream every Wednesday on the Dames of Destiny channel. Uh, after the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S., I'm going to be doing a quick little series on a primer for Osiris for people who hate Osiris. Oh, <laughs> so we know what which, we're getting into. Which, oh. uh, which is apt, given that you're the one that's leading. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It'll be wonderful. Say, you've got don't, my attention. Don't don't let me on there. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a mind map. It's a primer. Give- it's a primer. <laughs> a primer. <laughs> Beard, you got any more for us, Maury? No, I'm good. Beard, take it away, sir. Okie dokie. My continued shout out, of course, to Guardian Con, St. Jude, so on. You guys have heard this enough from me. Uh, But do not forget again, July 13th to the 14th. I think I keep saying this for my sake sake, so I don't forget the date so I can actually, like, get a ticket for a plane in April. But anyway. Oh, um, oh, we're supposed to get tickets for planes? Oh, oh God. Wait a minute. We have a place to stay. I know. We have a place to stay, though. Is that not enough? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but that is uh, always my biggest shout out, of course, until it is uh, coming on. And then I'll just, uh, you know, start talking about it for the next year. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> everybody's going to get sick of me. Uh, it's only because it is such a, a good organization. I think uh, it is probably the best thing that uh, arguably Broman and uh, Gathalion and all the other guys end up doing uh, every single year just to kind of bring everybody together. Organizing that is a big undertaking uh so i definitely give them a lot of props for it uh otherwise bigger shout outs uh i i need to honestly give a major shout out to a few people that are out there that have called a big thing to my attention which is and i've said it in a few places now uh, apparently youtube is kind of at it again in a way uh my channel has not been seen on iphone and i'm yeah, trying to figure it, out I saw, I saw, why saw talking about that yeah yeah. Uh, so what what I mean by this more than anything, I don't mean to make it sound like a selfish point, but it basically comes down to if you are not seeing a person's channel uh, up on certain platforms, it is something to kind of call out to YouTube and make it known only because at that point they have a bigger problem on their hands than they either don't realize or something else is going on. Uh, and that is something to kind of keep your eyes on as you go along. Uh, it is detrimental to content creators in general uh and it's not exactly a very good thing uh so thank you to all of those that kind of pointed it out because we've actually gotten to the bottom of it it isn't just my channel that is having this problem uh it is actually starting to be a bigger problem and it might be something we need to report on so thank you get the word out kind of know about it uh but that is it for me cool green um, my first shout out, I have two of them tonight. First one actually goes to Miss Mori because she is awesome and I am totally going to crash one of your lore streams sometime. Oh, you should. It'll yeah. be great. Yeah, we could totally do something. I don't know if we can hate on Osiris together because I'm slightly indifferent to him compared to you. But that's more <laughs> than I, I, might, you to come I, might, to my side. I might forgive you for that. Eh, whatever. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I got to meet this lady at Guardian Con last year, and she does an amazing job of organizing things for the Dame. We just finished up a breast cancer awareness stream about, what was it, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, a month ago? I don't even know anymore. But Chubby Bunny ago. was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was so good. It was amazing, and I love playing that game. <laughs> but, uh, we raised some money for that and talking about raising money, but she does a lot for the dames, which I was a part of all of D1 and still am at heart. Still love my dames. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, hun. And I'm excited to see you come back on again as I appreciate your input. Uh, second shout out. I have been holding this the entire episode, guys. Let it be known that I did not bring up New Monarchy first. But we won, we won, we won. <laughs> we're the best, uh-huh. we're number one, we're awesome. Uh-huh. See, we I knew, won. I knew, I knew it when it finally broke, it was going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope you fall oh, on that yeah. sword that you just got. Hey, it's sword, that sword that I didn't have to hardly pay for. You mean that sword that I have that to That was love? gross. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, glow, I'm sorry. Dude. What is glimmer in this world anymore? Let me just yeah. go harvest a couple fallen. That's no problem. <laughs> and I have my awesome armor. I'm just missing the chest piece, but you can kind of cheat and do the errant knight chest piece because it's almost identical. So I've got my new monarchy outfit on. I feel dirty for blue. wearing errant knight now. Ha ha. 
Anyway, I like all the gloves. I, like I have the gloves to say, much. yes. All I have to say is, it was That's a dead gross. orbit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I would have been fine if Future War Cult would have won too. It's uh, uh, it's okay. They they stacked the game against us. It's all right. Hey, Blue, it's all right. I know you're the leader and everything on the podcast, but, uh, you know, you stop that. You stop that. <laughs> Justin, what about you? What shout-outs you got? Um, Yeah, just big shout-out to you guys for uh, putting up with me and my ignorance. And uh, also, got to play some Destiny with some, some peeps I got to play with. For a long time last Yay. night, which was a uh, fragile man bag. So they're not camped outside my house anymore, which is good for me and my family. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's good. It's good for everybody. Right. So um, I'll, yeah, just, just looking forward to getting back in, into touch with everybody. Been missing everybody. So Yay! I've missed you. I'll put it that way. And we haven't even been on a podcast together until now. No, I missed. You know what I've missed? I've missed the awkward silences and and our and our less than awkward silences. You mean all the awkward silence that we have because we've never been on a podcast together? Anyway, every every silence we've ever had is what I've missed. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> next topic is obviously we're going to have the week off. So we are just continuing in Discord. We're going to continue mm-hmm. talking about exotic weapons, which I know a lot of people had. A, I'm going to sound like, a, like a freaking expert at that one. <laughs> Taking the week off. <laughs> uh, so I know a lot of people wanted a chance to kind of dive into some of those, like I was saying, some of those more interesting lore entries on the weapons. So this is, this is the week to do that. Um, other than that, we are hope you guys have a great holiday for those who are celebrating a holiday. If you already had the, does it come earlier or later in Canada? I can't remember. Earlier. They earlier? Had it okay. They, okay. Well, they if you already had it, Hey, you know what? Ha- a great belated Thanksgiving for you. Cause now I get to have it. So do it yourself. Or- <laughs> but you guys, we're going to run through an outro. We might, we might try to crash Justin's story mission run and give him some help. So, but Good. guys, I don't know what, I don't know what the F I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Let's run through the outro. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new and improved focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Maury, for joining in on our conversation. Be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, please be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.